following is a podcast where three friends who don't know what the fuck they're talking about are discussing a topic from another podcast on a subject that they don't know very much about. And actually, one of the members of this podcast asked the other two members to listen to that podcast and then discuss it on this podcast. The topic today has a lot to do with a subject that we don't know very much about, yet one of them seems to think he knows everything, while the other two debate you are listening to the semantics department. I'm rec- no, stop it. <laughs> this is so, this is like perfect fodder here. This is no, this it's is like not. the energy. It's yes, not. it is. Stop it. We can do it live. Okay. Do it live. We're doing it live. <laughs> do you guys remember this? Dead air? Yes, I do remember no, that. No, stop it. I figured this out. Dead air. How about now? Do you see my screen? Yes. Yes. What do you see? I see, your I see our text chat, thread. Text thread, yeah. And all your other texts. I know. You you said that last time. Okay, how about this? <laughs> you make me watch this terrible video. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> what is that? That was like a. I don't think I was. That was like Vegas or something, wasn't it? Shut up. Shut up. Stupid fucking Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I do I found, remember seeing that. I found, I found yeah. those clips and it's it's great. Well, okay, so when when um when I joined the call, uh I shared something in our in our text thread, which is, you know, the genesis of where this podcast came from. Uh Keith, do you want to describe to John Paul what I was talking about? About this picture that I just sent? This beautiful photo? I think you should describe it. It was your thing. <laughs> Why would I so, describe it? So, so, have you, so uh, I know the two of you are not on X, but I'm sure the people that you used to follow on X, you're probably following on Blue Sky right now or Threads or whatever. But did you see that yesterday Ben Shapiro dropped a video of him rapping? No, I did not. I found out about it from you just okay. now. Okay, yeah. So, so he he tweets out this morning that as of yesterday, he is now like in the top five on uh, Apple Music, and then says, mm-hmm. "Oh, sorry, Nikki," meaning Nikki Minaj, because she's like in the top ten, and so he's he's implying that his his brand new dropped video of him rapping about wokeness is superseding Nicki Minaj and it's just right. gold. It's gold. Like Twitter's been having fun with it. It's great. Yeah. And so I dropped yeah. a picture of the two of them in there and he's got this shirt that says it's like the dare shirt and it says facts. Don't care about your feelings or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah. I, didn't yeah. Re- I saw that image. I didn't realize it was. Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, I didn't realize it, it either. I like, and, and I'm, but I I'm, can see him now. Yeah. But... I'm not, I'm not going to share my screen and play the audio or anything. I want no credit to that asshole, but who's he with? 
He's with some guy. I don't know who that is. That's that like he's covered in tattoos from his neck down, and then he yeah. also has a sweatshirt that says something that's like derogatory as well towards the libs. Well, it just says, "I don't care if I offend you." Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, <laughs> like, bas- oh, basically, like the, so worried about getting yeah. The, the party of conservative value, conservative Christian values is is basically saying, "Go fuck your feelings." Like it's so amazing. Like I would love I, Jesus I think- to come back to Earth and just be like, "Hey guys, you kind of got it wrong." Like you know, I'm gonna smite every one of you. I would love to see that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think this this idea that like they're run, going around offending everyone is hilarious to me because I think most people just think they're moronic. Well, yeah, you know, like, do you see Candace Owens? She's now she's uh, now like she's spouting off about how if the, if she boards an airplane with a female pilot, she's leaving, and she's talking about it's like meanwhile, like twenty percent of the air force is female fighter pilots, <laughs> and then women yeah. have been flying since the birth of flight. And like here she is like spouting off about this stuff, and I'm like, are Candace you Owens me? is a bizarre. They're all terrible. Kind of like space time wrinkle. I, I don't understand what her thing is. The it's thing I don't strange. understand is like, why do we care what they say? Like, don't we know they're terrible? Like, what does it matter? What does it matter? Have you do you not work well, with the, people that are thing, like, that are like, like, like mid to the road? Like, don't watch the news. Like they they're just like eh, no big deal. Like we have a we have a party now that actually normalizes rape. Keith, you know, Keith's, Keith's perspective is an interesting good one because really what like a Candace Owens is pure just rage bait, basically. She's just going around yeah. like trying to say the most like inflammatory like stuff to try to get the most clicks. It is completely irrelevant what she's saying. She has zero principles about anything and she just wants to say whatever whatever will get attention. And like rage and it rage and enraged attention and, and outraged attention is is just as good or maybe better than anything else right so right. by by kind of like you know get, like playing in you're, you're playing into that if you kind of engage with it at all to a certain degree um not that like an, a couple individuals can really <laughs> stem the tide of the enragement machine that is social media you know like but but yeah it's it's somewhat what they want is for you to be kind of like uh, uh, outraged <laughs> you know they're, they're right. provocateurs like- right yeah, so like I, I guess I look at them as sort of like a known quantity. Like like I'm no I'm no longer surprised by anything they say or really shocked or offended or mad. Because like to me, that's what they're just trying to make people mad. They're not yeah, really they're, they're trying to provoke. You know? Yeah, and it's like it's a money making machine for them. So like, 100%. why would I put more money in their pocket and make myself yeah. mad? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. All right, so th- this is the, this is the thing that I get in a debate with uh, Monique all the time. Is she's like, "Why are you so triggered by this?" And I said, "I'm triggered by this because more people are paying attention to them than they are paying attention to the, you know, sort of like the correct narrative." So there's more people and I have people in my family that'll be like, yep, Biden's causing this border crisis. And it's like, hold on a minute. Like, are you paying attention to the headlines here? Like, are you paying attention to what's happening? Or are you just reading and parroting what these these assholes say? Well, I mean, obviously they're not. Those people are going to the polls. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so isn't there like a slight bit of activism, you know, as 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 a responsible civilian to say, hey, wait a minute, that's a ton of misinformation and you're an idiot for thinking that. I mean, we work. Keith and I have worked with people. Yes. If you're talking to somebody who's telling you inciting Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens in their arguments or whatever, then yes, correct them and point out what kind of fools they are. But 
just being mad about them, you know, and not really attempting to change somebody's mind or something like that, I don't think is useful. I think it's it's actually sort of detrimental to yourself is, is kind of the thing that I've come to over time is that like just being mad about this stuff, it just, you know, it makes me queasy, like just to be mad about it. If I'm well, not you're, engaging in some sort about of like, it, you're playing into their hands directly into their hands and their pocketbooks by getting by exposing yourself to it and reacting, having any kind of a reaction, you know, it's exactly what they want. It but, does but the fund op- them. The opposite, and does, else. the opposite does, you know, think, think about what their base is doing though. Their base is getting more irritated. And so then, then they go out and spout during Thanksgiving, uh, all this nonsense that I have to just go. Yeah. Uh, whatever. No, you don't have to ignore it. I'm saying that's the appropriate time to, to get, you know, active about it is well, like somebody's right. somebody spouting it back to you that you know and you could potentially change their mind like that's the appropriate time social media is not the appropriate time because it's just like a, a void of people like being mad and yelling into the wind you know like that's not the time to be mad about stuff the time to be mad is like when you can actually like influence somebody's opinion yeah i i guess i'm I, I see it on social media and I take it offline. I, I, I like if, if you like if anybody follows me on Twitter, I, I don't retweet that stuff. I don't talk about yeah. it. Um I mean my, my Twitter feed has turned into shit posting because the, the the application is just garbage now. It's it's nothing but like, you know, bots and shit. But yeah, I have fun. Leave. No, but it's fun. Like, you know, we're gonna talk in a little bit about a topic that we started talking about last time and I'm gonna, you know, include some of that commentary that that Actually, this is a nice segue into that topic is that when I brought up at work that I was challenged to listen to a Lex Friedman podcast, I had several engineers that were like, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, he, he appeals to engineers. I know. I know. I know. And, but, but I he did. And again, I'm, I'm, if I'm calling you out on this, I can edit this out. But like you said something last time, you're like, if you take a few minutes and scroll through uh, the EAC, you know, Beth Jezos thread you'll see pepe all over the place yeah i, I think that's what you said right yeah, yeah yeah exactly right point point made. Well, and i mean that's a whole well, separate topic that maybe we should is, save someday because uh, john paul and i have argued about pepe before oh um, I, I i was just implying that i think we yeah. know the archetype that's using pepe well yeah like i i mean i think it's well, very no, but what is, what is your point hold on what is what is you said point made what what is your point well, my my, my my point is, is that in in my social circles in person, you know, I'm not talking about thumbing a conversation. I'm talking about like like the one we're having right now. You know, this is like a work conversation to me. I'm on a call. We're, you know, scrumming something out. And then, you know, there's icebreakers and people will be like, what'd you do this weekend? And then somebody will be like, what, what happened? I said, oh, I, I, you know, I started a podcast with some friends and we're talking about something. Like, oh, yeah. What do you guys talk about? I said, well, you know, and so I'm trying to sound intelligent. I'm like, oh, yeah. So uh, we're talking about um, um, uh, Guillaume Verdun. And they're like, really? You're talking about that subject? And I said, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I listened to an interview with Lex is, Friedman. And is I that the real that. name of the Beth Jesus guy? Yeah. Yes. And I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I listened to this guy and he sounds really intelligent, but man, he's like pure ASMR. I can't, I can't tolerate. And they're like, well, you know, you have to blah, blah, blah. And I'm listening to him like, of course you're, you're, you know, you're a bunch of engineers and that's great. And you're real smart. And that's also great. But like, you know, there's, you know, like 
like this was that whole conversation about altruism. It's like, you know, are you doing the right thing or are you just doing things because you can just do them? Well, but hold on a second. You, what you said was that the, the Beth Jesus feed includes a bunch of Pepe's. And then you said point made. But what's the point? That they're very clearly on one side of the political spectrum. Okay. So the point yeah. is that, that Beth Jesus or, or like Guillaume, I guess, is is kind of a right well i don't know i don't know what you're saying yeah like kind of yeah i i don't know like i don't know if i would call it right but it's definitely unempathetic politics that's i I don't know what else to call it because i I I think if you cornered them in a room and say do you really think that your front runner for the presidential campaign is going to be that guy and they would go oh he's nuts because they're smart they're really smart people but but when you talk to them about government policy first thing out of their mouth is well, we can't be handing that out to other people. We can't be helping other people out. We can't be doing it's like it's like all this like unempathetic. Right. They're libertarians. Guess, they're libertarians. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I know that. I know that. Or they're house cats. They're they're house cats because like house cats beside like they're libertarians. That their ideology is most aligned with a libertarian view of non-regulation. You know, get out of my way. I'm smarter than you. Like you should not be like impeding my progress. Yep. It's they align with a libertarian viewpoint like it's, and then, and then complain it's about, obvious right and yeah. complain about when their streets aren't plowed the, the exact same people that's what i'm well, saying I mean, well, maybe they do or don't but like i don't know if he in particular does like i, I don't want to like conflate just like our general opinions of right wingers with like right. a, a specific oh, person guys, that we were are, talking about you guys are just like way out in the, the deep end let's let's introduce this so like you know we we the subject here is this interview on lex friedman which I think is, is this, dated. It's dated by now. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's 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 relevant to what we've been talking about because I I said, hey, we should listen to this this um, interview with this Beth Jesus character that Lex Friedman did, and I had nothing. I had no idea who this was. The oh. reason I said it. Oh, the reason oh. I, said I thought you. It, I thought like you interviewed this guy or met him at a conference or something. I, I swear no. I thought I heard you t- talk. About I've him. never I've never heard of Beth Jesus. I've never heard of the Guillaume Ver- guy that Verdun. is his Verdun. Verdun. Can, yeah, just call him Verdun. Yeah, Verdun. Okay, like, I, I've know, never call heard me Merck. You, know, like, you call me Merck all the yeah, time. Yeah, I never heard of of Beth Jesus or Verdun. Um, it just the only reason I said hey we should listen to this is that I read in the description on the the Lex Friedman podcast that um. He was a proponent of EAC, which is effective accelerationism, which is sort of a test real adjacent philosophy of some kind. And so I was like, oh, this this could be relevant. And so I said, hey, let's let's listen to this or I, I've been listening or I, I'm going to listen to this. We should listen to this maybe and we can discuss it because just because it was like someone you know, prominently, you know, on this show, uh, on the Lex Friedman show, like talking about this, this subject. And then what, you know, so I think we should just discuss this a little bit because I think we all listened to it yeah, and we yeah. all like, like kind of made a couple notes and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it just gives us a little bit more perspective on like this, one of these test real adjacent philosophies, I think. Um, and, and so now, but the problem is that, that that interview kind of went in a few tangents that were very like irrelevant, like, I, I could not follow the conversation about the Beth Jesus thing. So apparently he has this like Twitter account called like, is it like based Beth Jesus or something like that? Yes. Yes. And it was like yes. an anonymous account that he had that got, and he got doxxed at some point. Right. And so right. I guess Beth it Jesus was, like was Forbes. okay. So yeah. like, 
And he was a little bit sad that he had gotten docs and was kind of saying some things like, oh, I had this place to like sort of freely express ideas that I didn't have to worry about consequences, essentially, is what, what you would say. And uh, I, I didn't really follow any of that because I had no idea what this account was. And and I, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so the the reason why he was frustrated that he was docs is because he started a company. He was he was seeking capital. And so then yeah. it was like, I don't want this to come out because I don't want my free speech persona to influence this and Forbes for whatever reason felt the need to go and just like rip this guy out of nowhere and, and expose him. And I, I have my thoughts on doxing. Um, I think it was in, used inappropriate here. I don't, I think there was no purpose to, to dox this guy because I mean, it was an alt account. I mean, I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, in their view, it's because it was a very influential account. But, you know, but, it's like, but like, but, but it here, here's an anonymous account that is influencing things that a lot of people are interacting with that are sort of affecting our world. You know, I, and, I know, but to, to rip the guy out of his armchair and and hold him up for everybody to see, I I, I don't know what that. I mean, it doesn't change anything. I don't care. Uh, who, I don't think anybody knew who, who he was, anyways. I mean, I mean, to be honest, like we're talking about somebody who's still Beth Jezos to me. He's he's some guy with a beard that lives in Canada. It doesn't matter who he is, but to his investors, it's important. And so they just tore into this guy's livelihood. And he wasn't doing this to be, be to be a bad person. I don't I don't think his company was no, the intent. He's not, no, he's not but I mean, purposely doing that. But I, but I like think... the point of doxing somebody is to expose them because either they've done something bad or there's a reason to dox them because it's you know it's it's like part of the story. The story is not who is the physical person that's saying this stuff because it doesn't matter. What if what if that person was Ben Shapiro all along? I don't know. Who cares? I mean, it's. Well, okay, so so the, the the argument in favor of of so I you know I, I see this in two ways. One is I do think that it's it's worthwhile uh, or at least sort of internet culture kind of DNA to to be able to be anonymous online, right? Like that's that's yeah, and there's value in it. Like like you know if you're playing World of Warcraft or whatever, you don't necessarily want your real identity connected to your like. This game you're playing there's there's a lot of reasons why you might want to be anonymous online and privacy and right to privacy is sort of an american principle and all this kind of stuff as well so but then there there's the art the counter argument to to all of that is that this guy is a founder i guess of extropic which is an ai startup and ai is like this hugely important topic to the public sphere right and and society and stuff like that so if you're if you're Forbes and you you kind of find out the identity like that that this the founder of Extropic has a kind of controversial I guess Twitter account, you might make the argument that it's it's in the public interest to be aware of this guy's like maybe true feelings on things. Now the actual the actual like content of the best Jesus feed I have not looked at at all, and I could not understand the subtext of like why this guy would be upset that he had been doxxed in this case. I mean, had he said like highly controversial things or, no, you know, like, his... no, it, ex it exposed his true. So here's this guy who is Guillaume Vernon, who is starting a company and doing good things with, with AI, right? That's his, that's oh. his goal, right? Quantum, quantum computing. He's building all this equipment. He's going to do the right yeah. thing. But then he talks about how we have to treat this with respect, right? It may contradict his, his, 
you know, seed capital exposure, right? Like he could be saying in one side of his mouth, we can turn this thing mm -hmm. into a giant corporation and we can, you know, cause AI to do all this great stuff for business and industry. And then on the other side, he's like, well, hey, uh, you know, just so you know, we have to be really careful about this. And it has to be- Is that what was happening though? Is yeah, that, I mean, is I, that... that's what I, I listened to the interview. What I took out of it was, is that it affected and had direct impact in his, his you know, his sort of VC efforts. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess we, that, I guess that's, we still I mean, know. that's, that's a, that's a prime candidate where Forbes was doing what a magazine who sells advertising does. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, why do we need, I'm just saying like, talk about the story, talk about this person, talk about everything in this space, but then why do we need to know the physical location of this person? Well, hold I, on. I, they, they didn't well, reveal I, I, that they, they revealed his identity, his right? identity. Well, but then I just go on LinkedIn. I find the guy then I'm like, Oh, that's the guy that's been saying stuff on. And I, I don't but know. Isn't, I'm it, not... isn't it like a valid, isn't it a valid line of inquiry to wonder who is behind an influential account that is talking about like things that are relevant. Have you guys spent any time on the Beth Jezos feed? I looked on it a bit and I'm not challenging you. I'm just asking you a question. I mean, I, I spent like quite a while scrolling through it and most of it of late has been complaining about being doxxed. No, I, I and go, go, go far back. Like we're, I can't you know. scroll that far back. It's such a waste of time. Sorry. But like okay. the, it's, exa it's... the example of like things that I saw from him before he was doxxed were nothing I would call inflammatory basically mm -hmm. unless you're talking yeah. about just That's... in general kind of like right adjacent opinions i think that's kind of the gist is that like th there there's maybe no story here other than like he wasn't thrilled that this had happened you know yeah. and and it's like mostly he, he... memes about ai being great okay like, but hold, hold on a second you know I mean? let, like, let, let me just let me just add this context here so i'll use myself because i don't I don't care. This would be analogous to me creating an alt and complaining about the insurance industry. Okay. Not my company, but or the insurance industry, right? Something I'm very passionate about. And then I'm, I go and I start talking about, you know, like there's, you know, regulation, government, this is silly. We don't need it, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's Dan. And then next thing I know, I'm in, you know, a conversation with my manager, my boss, whatever. And they're just like, hey, uh, bad look for us. Can't do that. And I'm not, I'm not defaming the company. I'm not defaming any individuals. I'm just like overall talking about the industry that this is, this is the exact same thing. Like I don't, somebody doesn't need to dox me. For well, that. I, cause I I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like causing a stir and telling people to go jump off buildings and kill themselves. I'm just saying like, here's some oddities that I see in the industry that I work in that I wish would go away. We all have those feelings. He just decided to do an alt and try to be anonymous about it. And Forbes was like, Hey, I bet we can sell more articles with this and get more clicks. If we go ahead and expose this guy. Meanwhile, the rest of it is all the story. The story itself tells itself, right? It, but it's just who this person is. I thought was a bad, bad play, but that's just me. If he was a Nazi. Yeah. Let's dox the hell out of that fucker. And let's, you know, but he's not, he's not doing that. He's, he's calling attention to things that people are talking about in the AI space. And he's taking his coat off and saying, Hey, look, I work in this space. I'm an expert. And here's what I'm seeing. That's kind of weird. That was what I got the impression of when I scrolled back to like last summer, but it's wait, a lot of the shit's over my head. So do you, yeah, agree, so do you, I mean, do you agree or disagree with that analogy? I mean, you, you well, say I'm the analogy <laughs> seems iffy because I don't think he was criticizing 
AI. He wasn't spreading no. like AI doomerism on the on the Buff Joseph thing, right? No, but he he does he does allude to that. There's this sort of doom and gloom. You know, there's there's a lot of that energy that's mm-hmm. out there, and he's either you know. Well, that's it kind up. of, but that's kind of like a general divide in the debate about AI. You know, he's he's on one side that says like AI is great and we should like push it as hard as possible right now, and if he's making sort of memes and comments about being in opposition to the other side, I don't think that would really affect his business outlook because his business outlook is to push AI. Right. It's like not your analogy was like you, you created an alt where you were critical of the insurance industry. That's not the analogy here. He created an alt that was like a booster of EAC basically acceleration. And now I, so it's unclear to me why Cares, a better analogy does. is that like you get on, you make an alt account and AstroTurf a bunch of praise for the company you work for. That's oh, a, yeah. that's a better right. analogy because like that's essentially what he's doing is he's making an alt that props up his business venture. Oh, so so does the alt, um, does the Beth Jesus account specifically talk about how great Extropic is? No, I don't think so. But like, it talks about like, I I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on his account. I'm just saying from what I've seen, like it was mostly kind of innocuous, innocuous like comments about, you know, AI being great and stuff. Maybe it's safe to say that like, if you're starting this AI startup and raising capital and all this kind of stuff, you want to carefully control the message and meanwhile, you have an alt where you're like, okay, I don't, this is a place where I don't have to control the message so carefully. Right. Rega- and you that's know, what and, that's what he's saying is that, yeah. you know, it was a place for him to not like be constrained by whatever he was, you know, obligated yeah. to be constrained by, you know, business ventures yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, mean, I, I guess to me, it's like, sense. I don't really think his account was like so beyond the pale that he couldn't have just yeah. put his name to it in the first place. Well, maybe, but the, I think the point was that, that if he once you do put your name to it, you have to, you have to carefully consider how it affects, you know, this this company you're running and everything. So like, yeah. like he just didn't want that, and and then he got forced into it. And I don't know, it's it just it's not that it's not that interesting. I think we've covered it. The 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 conversation itself, you know, is split up into these three sections where like he starts talking about this whole thing we've just talked about the doxing, and then he spent some time talking about like EAC. And I thought that was interesting stuff. And then they spent a long time talking about quantum mechanics, which is mm-hmm. which is very like, it, like uh, uh, not interesting to listen to um, for me anyway. Uh, yeah. And then they get back into some other interesting stuff. But I'll, I'll mention like a couple things that I like the actual content of this interview. A couple things that I like nodded my my head to. Mark's completely tuned out. <laughs> Well, I, I, I bookmarked a couple of tweets that I wanted to share that I think sort of demonstrate. Oh, you want to talk about the tweets more? Well, no. I mean, you like, I think the debate. From what here, time period? 22. Okay. So like what? So. Give me these unfettered, unrestricted ideas. <laughs> yeah. Let's do all, all I'm saying is that I don't, read them. I just, I don't you know, necessarily know that this alt account needed to be doxed. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the debate. I understand the debate, Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. Sure. I'm saying, okay. me personally, I don't see this as a reason to go rip this person out who now has had blowback from his 
the hell blowback did you see that I, there's an orb in the back of my room just a second ago dude yeah you, you got aliens no there's lex, a, Fre- lex freeman can tell you about that i you turned around aliens. it wasn't there there was a big orb right there and it was not behind me but it was on the camera it was weird it's, it's aliens your it's thoughts awesome. are alien. it was actually a blur i'm gonna roll the tape all right so um it's a, i saw so, it oh, okay cool so uh so he's he's responding to somebody who wrote I mean, okay, so wrote the short article to say where Stability AI stands on 1.5 release, TLDR, is that if we don't go to a little slower and deal with sound feedback from society, our own ML researchers and regulators, then blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on. And then he responds back, the AI startup pipeline, and it's bulleted. Be open and cool, release a bunch of models, achieve success due to ladder points, fundraise off of momentum, investors get greedy, Regulators trying to co-opt this tech power proceed to be another closed AI megacorp. L plus cringe plus unbiased plus anti-EAC minus coded. So here is somebody who's just like, like I said, is taking a look at their industry and and yeah. saying like, here's what could potentially happen. And they're, they're sort of talking mm-hmm. through all of that. All I'm saying is yeah. that, is that worthy of somebody that needs to be ripped out for clicks? Because that's the only yeah. reason why Forbes would do that. I, I have a, a tendency to kind of agree with you that that like like I said at the jump, you know, privacy on the internet and anonymity on the internet is kind of like in the internet's founding DNA. Well, he, ta- only- he talks about everybody should have an alt. He said at the end of the interview, he's like, he's like, I think everybody should have an alt and go experiment and and try yeah. things out. And I agree with that. I ha- I have an alt account and I gave it up because it just I, I like just being who I am all the way. I'm yeah, just I- like. If you can't experiment and be who you are as yourself, then there's something wrong with what you're saying. I, well, well, that I, I mean, I that that was my point is that I tried like, it, and I didn't like he, it. He, this this perspective is very much akin to the argument of you have nothing like a privacy argument where like people would say, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to fear, right? And that I think history has demonstrated over and over again is is a fallacy, and um, this, this, I, in a way, what we're talking about is like, I think it's, it's not the right to privacy. It's adjacent to it though. It's yeah. like, it's like, sh- you know, should people be allowed to, you know, be anonymous on the internet? Right. Fundamentally. And I think the answer to that is, is yes. Um, you know, that's my instinct, right. Is that, is that that's kind of part of, of what, what the internet's about. I don't know. Um, I'm fifty percent. I, I kind of disagree like, with that. I, I, I've come to <laughs> I've come to this conclusion over time that like being anonymous on the internet is more harmful than good. Well, here's the thing: like this specific case, actually, like is an interesting case because like the impression I got in the interview was like, oh man, this account must be full of like pretty inflammatory stuff that he wouldn't want to be associated with. But the reality is like a little bit more. No, he, he just wanted to be able to say things without like kind of worrying about what his investors might think, which is actually like I would think for Keith, for you, might be a positive because like he's he's kind of somewhat removing the influence of capital from some free thought. Right. And so maybe there's an argument to be made for that, you know. Yeah, but I, I would find that a more legitimate argument if the rest of the account wasn't just like memes making fun of people with opposing views. 
well, okay. But did I mean, I, was it, was did it I tell a, you what he, I said to him yesterday? Because he, he he doesn't have a big following. Like it's funny. So he he starts talking about memes, right? And and the whole interview is about. He keeps talking about like mimetic behavior and all that stuff. And so he, he yesterday he tweeted something out and it was all this stuff. And, and then I just responded, you spelled mimetic wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, you responded to the Beth Jesus account with that? Yeah, Is that what yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. And I got a couple it's likes funny. out of it too. But it was just, it was funny because like he's going on and on about this. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm so trying to disarm him. I'm just like. Mm. That was something that drove me nuts in that interview. I mean, I know we'll get into it, but like. No, let's get, let, this is it. I want to bring this stuff up. He keeps I, like, he keeps talking about like memes and he's dressing it up as like mimetic language. And it's just like, just call it a meme, man. Like you use them. You built a whole account about them. You're whining about how your account was doxxed like over and over again. Just call them memes. Like, no, did you hear what he said about memes? Don't like dress it up as this like intelligent study of language. Okay. <laughs> Just call it a freaking meme. Well, memes, here's the thing memes are important. He, that he may, refers that to the content in AI is mimetic content. He said, he said, like, you know, there's the quantum computer, there's quantum mechanics and, you know, quantum physics that go behind all of that. Right. And then there's then there's, you know, the code and the language that builds it all. And then he talks about using the quantum AI. But, uh. well, right. But then he then he says he says, then your content memes, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, like, you mean this is like you're referring to like human language as just memes like that? I don't well, understand that. That's kind of what mimetic means, you know? So yeah. here's the thing, like, like mimetic is a, is a, is a perfectly valid word. And it's like, I know it's just, a valid word. Like, I know what it means, but I'm, I'm just saying, clear. like, I'm, I'm, I just was like, I'm just saying like you I'm can't just it. replace. Yeah. You can't just replace mimetic like with meme in every sentence, like to, to and have it make sense. You know, there's a valid use of it. Now, so, so, uh, but the thing is, Keith, like you're, you're saying like, um, uh, uh, it, you know, people should be should should have to stand by all of their ideas and statements and stuff like that. But and the, the impression I get though is that this is not a highly toxic account or something. Is that, seem, I wouldn't say highly toxic. No. So so we're not talking. We're actually talking about a case that I think does maybe does maybe make an argument for the right to anonymity online where where this guy represents a company like this startup, right? And he's like raising money and all this kind of stuff. And so that at that point, he's like not a public figure, but somewhere in between that private and public space where he's, he's like a representative. And so he's got to be careful about what he says, right? But he still wants to express ideas, you know, out to the world to test them out and all this kind of thing that he was talking about. And, and without the influence of, of that capital, in that, that capital system that he's like a member of. Right. Um, and, and I think there is, an, that is an actually an interesting argument, you know, like, and it's not like he's, this isn't some hate account that he, he wanted to get away with being able to have, you know what I mean? So, you know, like, like this whole idea that like, you have to like, you know, there, there's people who are spokespeople for companies. I thought this was like the least interesting part about this interview, but no, no, uh, let's, let's, I, okay, so I took a bunch of notes. JP, uh, Keith, did you guys have some notes that you wanted to go over about? Um, yeah. Because, like, the, the theme was all three of us months ago had a conversation about altruism and AI and, you know, sort of going down that path. And then I think the last time we talked, we had an episode that was about um, 
ethical consumerism and where we're talking about making choices at the, you know, checkout and that kind of stuff. And I know, Keith, you've been very passionate about the creative community suffering the most in a lot of this AI stuff. And I believe we started to like dip our toe into it. But now I think since John Paul, you asked us to listen to this, this interview and we've all listened to it. What, what can we dig out of what we heard from one of the biggest names well, in, in AI? Like, is I, I think that's kind of why I don't we're know. This guy really one of the biggest names. Like, like he's supposedly he was int- he was introduced by Lex as like being a a prominent figure in EAC, effective accelerationism. Okay, and, and effective accelerationism is yeah, all about define like, that. Define that. Yeah. So my understanding is from just this podcast essentially is that that effective accelerationism is all about accelerating the progress. You know, specifically relative to to AI in this case. Uh, as fast as possible, right? And even then, the guy was kind of saying, you know, this we're like a counter force to like all of the like people who want to slow down. So even he was kind of somewhat couching the the idea that we need to go as fast as possible uh, by by kind of saying like, well, we you know we don't we really don't need to go so fast, but like we're at least a counter force to to people who want to slow things down. You know, it's like it's an alternative viewpoint. And um, I mean, I'll just I'll just kind of summarize a couple things that I took away from it. You know, obviously, this guy is fully in the capitalist game. He, he was doing a lot of like capitalism, like uh, 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 cheerleading, <laughs> sort of like free market, like kind of yeah. proponent thing, uh, you know, allocation of capital and how like the markets are good and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, he's talking to all these capitalists raising money. So it makes sense. But um, so that was fine. But the 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 couple things I nodded my head to, okay, that like stood out to me as like an hmm, interesting point. So he had a point about letting go of uh, that, that when humanity, and he was like, everyone's so worried about this stuff, right? And he was like, when humanity let go of the heliocentric worldview, it has been a benefit. So therefore, letting go of the anthropocentric worldview could be a benefit. I kind of nodded my head to that a little. I was like, that's an interesting point of view, very futurey sci-fi point of view to have, which is that kind of like, you know, for a long time, we were convinced we were the center of the universe. And when we kind of let that go, like that was, that was a step forward. And maybe we don't, you know, having this like humans are the center of the, uh, uh, intelligence sentience universe. Maybe we should let that go and not be so worried about it. I thought was like, it's sort of an interesting point. You know, I don't know if I agree with it or anything. It's just kind of like, I was like, mm, that's, an he's, that's a sort of a fun point he's making. And to kind of go with that is like, you know, he was saying like, and this resonated with me. He was like, we have a lot to lose from fear, much more to lose from fear than from leaning into the potential benefits. And I, you know, I ping pong wildly between being like highly um, anxious and fearful of, of this stuff and also utilizing it and being exciting about excited about it. I, I like bounce back and forth on like a daily basis between these two very polar opposites. And so that one, I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, it's an interesting point. Like we have much more to lose from fear. And when I do lean into this tech and kind of experiment with it and stuff, I usually feel better about things. Um, so, I, and I, I, Keith, I thought like that should resonate with a Dune fan. Well, he literally quotes Dune. He said oh, he? fear is the mind killer during that whole soliloquy. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, uh, you, know, you know, fear is the mind killer. 
Right. I, did, I kind of missed that, I guess. Maybe. He's, um, he said that more than once, didn't he? Or at least alluded yeah, to it. He said it at least once. Or Lex it was like it. one of them yeah. said it. Uh, so, um, those are just a couple points that I thought were like, I don't know. I just was kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, like I, I, I kind of can resonate with these sentiments a little bit. Um, but what, yeah. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, to that point, like I have this, <laughs> like I wrote these notes and I have this whole section of notes called dystopian fears. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's like, it's interesting to me because he says all of this stuff about how we have so much to lose from fear, but he's incredibly fearful of like a future dystopia where he loses all of his freedom. And, you know, he's like, he's seeing government control kind of around like every corner and how his like language and freedom of speech is being curtailed. And, you know, back to the doxing thing, like he feels like that's curtailing his like freedom of speech. And he's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be in a world where like, I'm not allowed to do what I want to do. So like, to me, I thought it was just like really telling that a lot of his views amount to like this kind of dystopian fan fiction about like government control. And he has, but he's talking about how like, yeah, we don't need to be fearful of AI because it's great. And he's, but he's also succumbing to fear about control and he's not really actually feeling any effects of control. I mean, in my mind, at least. Uh-huh. That's interesting so, that you yeah, equate this like, like, but I, I don't necessarily see the equation, the connection. So like, like, can you be sort of bullish on one thing and, and afraid of another? They don't seem that related. So what's, what's the connection between the two? Um, I think the connection is that he's preaching like don't be fearful of this mm-hmm. be fearful of this other thing mm-hmm. and and to me that's kind of like right out of a right-wing playbook right where it's like making people fearful of a position that you want to exploit okay wait so kind of like the bible sure my comments are all yeah. about faith, so that resonates with me when you said that. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe the connection is tenuous, but I, I guess I'm, I'm always looking to see, like, if he's contradicting himself, I suppose, in this inter- mm-hmm. interview. Because, like, there's so much jargon in it that you have to kind of navigate through what he's talking about to get at his, like, motivations. And his motivations... Mm-hmm. I think are legitimate. He's genuinely interested in what he's talking about and improving the world. I don't have a problem with that, but oh, I mean, I wouldn't ascribe even that to him. I would just be like, he's, he's trying to make a startup that goes, you know, a thousand X value and get rich. Sure. You yeah. Know? I mean, there's that too as well, but, but, but like, I think he, it, it's probably fair to say that like he believes that, AI will have a lot of value to yeah. the world. And that value is reflected in this market that he believes in. Right. So like, you know, getting yeah. rich off of this is all, you know, it's all, it's, it's a um, virtue, right. To get rich uh, uh, among this 
this philosophy, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I mean, I'm not saying I, 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 that it is or isn't, but it's, 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 um, you know, because you made something so valuable. So like, like I, I, there is an argument to this. I, you know, I think the free market stuff is like, he was like over the top, like free market proponent across this thing, yeah. like just like singing its praises, like crazy, like just the kind I- of, I love the one, the one interaction was like, do you think billionaires should have more say in society? And he's like, yes, I do. And I was like, because they're better at allocating capital and therefore like, right. you know, have, yeah. have a stronger no, influence on the market. And I was like, wait a minute, people that are better at making more money for themselves should have more say in society. That's so like, um, <laughs> terrible. Well, it's, well, it's the complete opposite. It's the yeah, if you're, if you're a super free market believer yeah. and, and you think that this is like the ultimate system for, for everything, then it makes sense that you would think this because of a course, billionaire, yeah. you know, has, has like proven themselves to be the most like, uh, or one, you know, among the most like effective at having the best ideas and the best sort of, you know, uh, uh, creating the most value and, uh, um, the market has, has then rewarded them right for this right. and therefore for, yeah they should for themselves for themselves well, like you have I, to understand that that people are not billionaires are not in business to make money to better society name one no one thinks that name no, one. i don't think anyone thinks that well i don't I think, think a lot of people that. do think that though. no everybody thinks that no no that's, no, no. that's, that's on, the libertarian wait that's the libertarian no, no, mindset no. uh-uh i don't think so i don't think so at all i think that the libertarian mindset and by the way i don't know that this libertarian is the right term for this but like the capitalist free market mindset is that everyone operates in self-interest and the market is the only system that can discover prices of things and like essentially uh, allow us to exchange uh value and make goods and services and all you know like run society right that's the capitalist mindset and so it's very much opposite of any that's why this effective altruism thing is a little bit interesting or unique. Uh, uh, but but like setting that aside, the, the classic you know economic sort of theory of this is that everyone will act in their own self-interest, and then then you know the market exists to allow us to all collaborate, and 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 it's the only system that works. And I, there is some truth. That is to the all libertarian mindset. <laughs> Well, Dan was saying like, that, like that, you're describing it completely. Uh, uh, sure, sure. I, that's why. Yes, I'm trying to. So, so I, I'm not. I'm not uh, being a proponent of it here. I'm just saying what it is. And you know, Dan was saying like, well, no, the billionaires aren't out to help society. And I, I I'm just saying that no one thinks that. Everyone thinks I, that. We're I think that like you know, like I think there's a segment of Elon Musk fans that think that. <laughs> uh look well look at, right? look at no no no. i i would say it's different okay so this is it's not it's not that people think that elon musk is like performing altruistically necessarily maybe someone no, thinks i don't that, think that's but... true but i i think that a lot of fans think that he's that his goal is a betterment of society well yes well then they, sense, they see it as they, that... they say that he is responsible for better space travel and which is true what? like the thing is these are distracted all... by the ufo on your screen so so listen listen no what's happening is that it's, it's on, taking my i want to i want to take my hand and it's that there's the orb again see 
Dude, thoughts are about. aliens. No, okay. watch, watch, watch what happens. Look at, watch, see that, see that orb up there. Watch this. It's probably reflecting off of your no. It's it's stuff. it's AI gestures. I'm doing thumbs up, and there's word bubbles popping up in my my oh, mic. See that right there? Okay. Sorry. Okay. No, uh, listen, listen. So, so the reason the reason why I'm hold on, hold on, hold on, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold you guys, on. You guys have been monologuing for like five minutes now. I even written it down, and all I want to do is just I get a point. I just want to get a point across. Okay, do it. You're talking about the the you know free market society and i'm and you're you're saying that i'm weaving a web around libertarianism and they're not the same and stuff and that's fine whatever but if you if you if you actively speak to somebody that truly believes that elon musk is is doing great things for society or civilization because he wants to get us off this rock he's invented cars cars that run on electricity you know he's a big proponent for for science and all that stuff that's great but it's 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 a passion of his nobody's going to argue that he's making a tremendous amount of money off the expense of labor because obviously somebody's getting exploited somewhere he's not just openly making free money somebody's not getting paid well he's not doing good things for people but 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 my point is is that he's not doing anything to help other people out like nobody is nobody is able yes. to get from this development to that development through public roads with elon musk's money okay so, so, so there's a lot of things you said that i don't agree with but the one thing i would uh, that we're actually talking about here is that i don't think anyone who's rational would ever say that elon is like acting altruistically he's acting in his self-interest i'd like to introduce he, you to somebody that i work with who actually said that I think you're wrong about this, John Paul. I, so I, on, do, I do think that people think that he's acting for the betterment of society. Well, one of our, I, one of our so, highest so paid people wanna, in our department thinks this, that he is amazing. Like, I want to parse this very a little reason. bit. I want to parse this a little bit. He is picking projects to work on that will have the biggest impact for society because that is where the greatest value is. To society, yeah. right? And yeah. he, he, as a free market kind of like entity, or at least a, maybe a proponent of it, he's like, well, the market is going to reward that the greatest because it is the greatest value to society, and so that's what the market will value, right? This is like, this is the this is the thing. So like, he's not a charity. I, you know, he would never no, say he's, he's he's a he's a he's a, a capitalist entity operating in the capitalist system. We we're talking about like how a pop star or a movie is like a, a, a cultural phenomenon or a cultural uh, creation on t- built on top of the capitalist system. And he is a, uh, a force for progress, you know, built on top of the capitalist system. Right. And like, yeah, he picked projects that I do think are that he was like, where can I do the most, where can I make the most value? Maybe if you would say that instead of maybe where where can I do the most good, they're somewhat aligned sometimes, you know. And this and this is one of those cases where you know, and I think it's all true. Like he did re- he did revolutionize space travel. He lowered the co- it's it's now ten times, if not a hundred times, cheaper to get a satellite into orbit than it was before SpaceX. SpaceX one hundred percent solely responsible for this. They made it ten times cheaper, at least, to get a satellite up. You can now launch we, the three of us. We could put a satellite into space right now for the cost of a of a. But are you wagon. are you comparing that because of the way that like antiquated technology happened before? And is he the one that's attributed to that solely? I mean, we've made SpaceX made it happen. SpaceX is what accomplished this. Yeah, but I mean, the electronics industry was also a component that he had nothing to do with, right? Like, I mean, all the well, controls I, okay, on those I'm ships saying, have gotten better and less okay. expensive. I'm mean, just saying, like. Uh, 
Like he oh, just like, everything right is right built time? on. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, he's utilizing other technologies, uh, uh, of course. But you know, the thing that really popped the lid off of of getting into orbit was the reusable rocket design, a, a much more efficient design where they the rocket lands and they can reuse it. And that that vision it worked out, you know, and like like so they've accomplished that. And I think that's a valuable thing, right? Um, electric cars. Yeah, I've I, already I talked think where about. you're getting tripped up is though that this like, yes, I agree. He chose businesses that will have the most value, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but fans of his think he chose businesses to do good. Well, so th th I said this before, but those the thing with the most value is often aligned. With the thing that does yeah they're, they're parallel good. they're parallel lines in most not cases. always okay. but often that's that's you know? fine but like i i don't think you can say like you know nobody thinks that billionaires are doing things you know for the good of society i don't i don't think you can think, really say it that way well so i would the way i would say it is that a, the, the libertarian i'm not even libertarian the capitalist free market mindset would be that would not be that the the, the capitalist mindset would be that the billionaire has created the most value isn't out to do good because we know from an economic theory perspective that everyone acts in their own self-interest. Right. And, and, and so, so I, I was, I was sort of talking from the, that perspective that like that, that that's a free market economy mindset would not ascribe altruism to the motivations of a billionaire. They would just say that they created the most value and and kind of stop there you know they don't really get into that not you know so that that's what i meant i guess when I, it's not i'm sure there's plenty of people who are like oh elon's 100 percent motivated by what's like the moral good a moral compass of some kind you know or something like that right. but like but like that's the people, what i'm trying to say here. yeah let, but let, I, that wasn't even what i was talking let me, about let i wasn't me, even talking about that i'm talking you, about the you know i you know i changed here. you know i changed jobs last year i want to share something with you so my first interaction with my team and it consists of other managers that are my peers, my manager, and then we've got somebody that is like our expert. We have a domain architect, and he he's sitting at a, at a lunch table. We're, we're out to lunch, and everybody's getting to see each other for the first time face-to-face. -face. And we were playing this game where we pull cards out, and the cards were just like conversation starters. And the card that was pulled was uh, describe, or, uh, t who, who, is your biggest, um, who is your biggest inspiration? And people went around the room. And it, and it went to him and he was like Elon Musk. And mm -hmm. there were three people at the table, including myself that looked to him and was like, what, like why? And he's like, he's a visionary. He's a leader. Yeah. He, they're like, yeah. he's a visionary. He's a leader. He's a successful business person. And he is, he is doing good things for society. And I, I think those are all true statements. They're not true statements. That, he, moved, he, ripped his, he ripped his company out of California because of taxes and cheap labor and moved it to Texas. What? And then, then he's, he's fighting his wife, his ex-wife for child support, barely paying her anything. He's, and it's noted, he's horrible to his employees. Horrible. He's not a visionary. Okay. He's a visionary of well, his own pockets. Okay. He's a billionaire. He's worried about so big numbers go up. That's it. I'm not here. I, I agree with you on, on some of those he's, points. He's, the a, thing he's is, a bad person, but this is a person who well, is a very, very reputable person in the company I work with. And he thinks Elon Musk is the identity of 
an inspirational character. So, so like that guy has I, the I, worst moral compass. We've seen his tweets. He's now this big anti-Semite. He's saying well, terrible things. Uh, no, he's a terrible person saying terrible things, and people are parroting them. I, I talked about this before, you know, and like, like I was kind of saying, like he, he's definitely ha- was going through like sort of a, 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 a he, he is, he has come out as like having a lot of maybe bad ideas and he's going through something. I was sort of talking about how he was having like a Kanye level meltdown and stuff like that. And like, I don't think he's perfect by any measure. And, you know, he definitely seems to have like somehow gotten vortexed into some like, like right wing circles and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's something going on there. So I, I don't disagree with you on some of those, those points. That doesn't mean that he's not a visionary. Yeah, the thing is, and this is why we argue about this guy. Yeah, is that, like, I, doesn't mean good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not, I don't, it's not, right? Right. It's it's like, I, is is he like the, I, would I want to be buddies with this guy or work for him or any of the other things? You know, maybe not. And, and but he has, and this is why we argue about this guy, is that you want to just reduce him down to like, bad dude. You know, he sucks in every facet. The thing is, he is amazing in certain facets. SpaceX is amazing. I keep repeating this. Tesla is amazing. You know, uh, um, that flamethrower, amazing. The flamethrower was fun. That was back what? when Elon was still like, uh, like kind of entertaining. You know, like I mean, because he was sort throw, of iconoclast. Could, yeah, but can't you throw a rock on Google or into Google and and literally hit hundreds of Tesla articles where they're getting sued and there's regulatory issues? I mean, yeah, I kind of prob- so I don't think that's I, 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 I don't think the fundamental difference is that. I mean, he yeah, he, he lied he lied about autonomous vehicles. Like like his his self driving capabilities was a complete fallacy. It was a lie. Like he got well, in trouble. First of all, I think you're you're being very reductive. And like I, I'm sure that look, you can't build a large company without getting mass criticism, lawsuits, everything. Like it's just it's just part of it. Yeah, but lying's bad. Lie bad. Well. First of all, what do you mean by lie? Because his vehicles do drive autonomously, you know, but like Dan's going to his phone to look up some bullshit. You know, the thing is, like, you can't you just can't deny that Tesla is incredible. Like, that's just like, I don't know how you can do this. Like, I see those cars everywhere, you know, and they're there. They made the I said this before. They made the electric vehicle viable. Yeah, I mean, the batting average is good. There are problems with it, but it's yeah. a new technology. Yeah, how do you feel about having to forward and like? <laughs> I mean, here's do you an article. In this position, this is the first thing that came, I just I just typed in autonomous vehicles. Elon Musk first article Google. Also, Dan, you're the only one on this call that uses one of his products. <laughs> uh, which which one is that? Twitter. Oh yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh totally. Well wait, just, I just told I you. mean I shit post on Twitter. I mean, you're the only the you're problem. the only one on this call contributing to Elon Musk's livelihood. I mean, go go look at my Twitter feed. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me saying how amazing Elon what, Musk is. All right, no, look. but you're you're using his you're, platform. You're, you're giving machine. him ad dollars. Here. The okay, well okay, all right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you know, Keith went to Home Depot last week to pick up like some light bulbs and stuff. Like, should we just like gut him? That's no, but that's a, that's a like, logical fallacy. Like no, but I mean, you're saying the same thing. You're giving me a hard time. But anyways, listen to this. Here's here's first article, first search, The Verge, and this was April of last year, so it might be old. But it says the false promises of Tesla's full self-driving vehicles. I mean, like, like there's an article here talking about how you read a lie. headline. 
No, I, I'm not going to use doesn't this. say that he lied. Look, dude. But I mean, you're, 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 when cars you're, were invented, there was probably articles exactly like that about just a regular combustion engine. Yeah, like like you, you're, you're I mean, combustion reduce... engine is crazy dangerous. <laughs> like you're sitting yeah. on like a bomb, basically. I mean, I'm not saying that he did everything perfectly by far. Like, I mean, you know, like like I'm just saying that it, like the results of Tesla making uh, uh, electric vehicles viable and desirable is a, an incredible outcome. That's all. That's like my entire point. And like, you know, Ford would not have like three or four electric vehicles on the market today if it wasn't for Tesla. And like everyone is going all electric and like Tesla moved that whole thing ahead leaps and bounds. Uh, circling, circling back here, because I think JP, you gave your commentary, Keith, you gave your commentary. These are my notes and I'm just going to read them because I don't think we even need to talk about them. This is just where my head went. So I'm sitting in the car two days in a row, listening to almost a four hour podcast about some guy, uh, talking about, uh, EAC. Uh, do you guys do a word cloud on? on oh, wait, can I, can I summarize something that like, uh, uh, just one thing on this subject, like your analogy, like your, your story about like, uh, your coworker who like brought him up as the guy he admires or whatever. Yeah. Now, if so, if I was in the same circle, yeah. Okay. How would you answer that? How would you answer that question? Yes. Despite, despite me kind of spending time, like talking about how I think that's like not an unreasonable, like insane answer because of Elon's accomplishments. If I was sitting in that same circle and someone said like, you know, who inspires you or whatever, I would not bring him up right today. I mean, maybe 10 years ago I would have or whatever, like or six even. Exactly. But like, like today I wouldn't because he's, I feel like he's now, become like i don't know what's going on like he, he's, he's out there saying and doing things that i feel like are not super admirable so so i i will kind of couch everything i'm saying with that is to say like i can hold both ideas in my mind that he's he's accomplished some amazing things and and i think you can be inspired by some of that but like he's also he's also like a bit off the kilter of what i would i would like stand up and advocate for right now is like yeah, no no, I, my I, guiding no I, I get it i get it i look i will also say that he has done some amazing things as a visionary there you go in, in the electric <laughs> in the electric car space space rockets dude the spacex is so much cooler than tesla that's the thing like, it, it's is but isn't spacex basically SpaceX. a rebranded nasa isn't that like what we're no. doing here Fuck no, dude. Like NASA no, was well, sitting I mean, there, it was a like, company stagnant. before he bought it is the problem. Is like it was already a company. Yes. And that's true. That's true of Tesla. And now he gets that's, that's, Tesla too. that's what I'm saying. He he never invented I, anything. That, People talk about this. People he hired uh, did the invention. He did not say, like, all right, so here's how we're gonna solve this problem. Neuralink. He did not say this is how we're gonna solve this problem. Well, he's a wealthy that, guy who threw a bunch of resources at it, and we're gonna call him a visionary. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think that I think that is far too reductive. Okay. And and like Tesla also existed, I think. He didn't found it. I know. Right. That's he what took we're it saying. Over. That's what we're right. saying is that but he took a company that doesn't and... diminish that doesn't diminish well, what it's, he it's hard to prove this one because we don't know what would have happened to those companies if he hadn't have Fair. invested in them. They may have done just as well. It's irrelevant. They may have really? done just I mean, as it's... well without them. You can't really prove that like he transformed them. Fair. You, if he can pick winners that well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that he was highly involved in, in sort of guiding the engineering decisions in both those companies. Okay. And I'm not saying he's he's the, he's a rocket scientist, you know, necessarily. I'm just saying like there's a there's a lot of anecdotal 
sort of stories and, and evidence that like he was he was definitely a guiding principle yeah. on on the engineering. You talk to an decisions. engineer and they'll tell you that Elon Musk engineered the electric car for Tesla. Well, I, I think People I think engineers that. respect him because he he speaks to the engineering mindset. Right. Right. Okay. A lot. And and you know that that to some degree that means that he's a good leader of engineers. Which you know, engineering, engineering mindset culture. is that I can solve anything because I'm an engineer. To some degree, yes, and 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 within certain uh, uh, the the problem with engineers and Keith, I think like maybe this is relevant to some of the things we talked about is like the engineering mindset. Yes, they can do anything in the physical world, given enough, given a long enough lever, they can move the earth, right? Type of thing. The problem with engineering is when you try to apply that thinking to humans. And right. human dynamics, they 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 fall flat, but uh, many of them think that you can, and that's why the free market economy kind of ideas appeal, I think, a lot to engineers because it's this system that governs how human behavior works, you know, and and like you know that they're like they see that and they're like, oh, it's pure, right? So so yeah, you know, I I read a I would. There was a Reddit um, thread on the Verdon episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like scrolling through it just to see like what people were saying about this guy um, as I was listening to the episode. And one of them was like, this guy has the um, typical engineer disease. He thinks he can yeah. solve anything because he's an engineer. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the engineers can, except for when it comes to like human, human problems. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, They're not good at that. So, all right, Mark, because that's emo- that, that's emotion. Okay, so here's here's because I, I there's actually a couple of interesting topics that are in our Trello. Yeah, yeah. Hit it, but, hit it. but, oh, but I'm moving on. Well, you were going to read your notes from. Well, uh, I, I, from no, no, I know on. that, but like like now that I'm like, we, I kind of feel like we beat the hell out of this topic. But like, I was going to ask, did you guys grab the transcript and do like a word cloud? No, no, I did. Fun though, it, it is, is quantum it is, the biggest word. Quantum's like the whole size of the picture. He he actually mimetic right? Mimetic quantum loss oh. function. Yes. And does is hedons make the word cloud? Yes. Uh, let's see. There was Funny. something else that I saw. Gotta love there. those hedons. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of us do this. I, I hear Keith do it. I do it all the time. We use the word like, you know. Yeah, so like uh, I was oh, doing I, this. I had like a whole thing about, that I wanted to talk about in this episode where I listened to the last two uh, podcast episodes and I, I, I'm sorry. My my uh, whole speaking style is just terrible. No, it's not. No, it's not. I want to apologize to everybody no. that listens to this. Uh, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with this. No, no, no. I don't agree with it either, Keith. You're you're great. I, I I love listening to you talk. It's all good. But he does say the word quantum. Like I use the word like. It's crazy. There's a whole <laughs> dude. There's a whole stretch of that show that's just it's just the word quantum over and over again for like a solid he, he, forty minutes. Yeah. He backs the word quantum into a 15 minute clip that I pulled 27 times in 15 yeah, minutes. He says the word quantum that, and it's just over and over again. It's like, rough. dude, yeah. So, all right, here's what I wrote down. Uh, says, says the word quantum. Uh, like we say, the he's word a like. quantum physicist or something, right? I understand right that, but it's like, it's like he, he just, he's just constantly hammering it. Um, yeah, it was, bo- this, that part of it was, was boring. I thought. This, this, this is my theory today is that the way this guy talks about this stuff, it's not, t- I, I'm sorry, guys. Look, my feeble, dumb brain cannot wrap my head around some of this stuff. And I think we've all agreed that there's lots of this stuff that's hard. I understood what he was talking about, but this, because it's not a tangible hand holdable thing, it's 
theoretical because some of it doesn't exist yet. It's future tense. This is no different than religion. What I wrote down here was the way this guy talks, you would think that the universities are now becoming churches for this group of individuals. This is this is their church. And they mm. go and worship on a daily basis. Vernon speaks in concepts which, while are scientifically factual and repeatable, the language and construct feels very faith-based given the nature of the scientific evolution. So it, it some of the stuff hasn't even yeah. happened yet. He's, he's Wait, you he's, wrote that? Yeah, I wrote that down. Oh, okay. That's good. I mean, let's, and then I wrote, I, I wrote. I mean, I completely agree with that. Like, I I think that is sort of the point of the um the whole I think, Tuscarill, like well, uh, you, criticism. You said, I'm sorry. The whole point that. of that Tuscarill criticism and uh, effective accelerationism isn't technically a Tuscarill component because they included effective altruism, which acceleration yeah. is sort of slightly that's why i would say it's a test grill adjacent yeah but yeah like, yeah 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 you were one of their me, points I, is that this is yeah one of their points is that this is this is sort of like they call it like a movement but really it is kind of this um religion it's I mean, like a proto-religion well, you keith you said something interesting last time you're or, or maybe you said this to me in person you said uh this is an example or this is a byproduct of a kid that spent too much time reading sci-fi novels or something like that. Like you had some sort of, I might've mm -hmm. said that. And that's, that's you, said, in my you said it better than that, but like yeah. you had some sort of comment yeah, that, about that. That's like, in my notes here. Is that like, I mean, Lex, Lex yeah. asked him if it was a cult. So, right. I mean, you know, and he said not no. ever, ever, well, I forget exactly what he said. It's not, it's not really important what he said, but it, it mirrors kind of what you're saying here is that this is, <laughs> this, this, this it's based on like a belief, right. That, that, Acceleration is good. Pro techno technological progress is always better than the, the benefits always outweigh the, the downsides, all this kind of stuff. Well, so, let, me, let me just you, let me you just... could take you could take that entire interview and replace it with the an audio book of Atlas Shrugged. OK, like <laughs> just basically take yeah, everything totally. he's saying and replace it with Atlas yeah. Shrugged. OK, That's right. the, like, the, it's, the looters it's, and moochers. These are the people you're that we're hearing more of that than I think is maybe in there. I, I agree with you that he's like hyper free market in this. From movie. somebody who's probably never read Atlas Rock, right? Well, I, I, but I, I, I know what you're getting at. I have the audiobook on DVD and I did listen to it. I guess I will say that I'm I'm proud to have never read Atlas Shrugged. Actually, I was forced um, to. Hey, I just want to get these last two, two bullet points because they're, yeah. they're, they're they're probably more lighthearted and comedic. But um, so I you know I, I told you what I just said and I said this is clearly just faith, right? Th these are a bunch of tech bros. Um, you know, uh, they're 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 sitting around in their parents' basements with a hundred thousand dollar quantum computers, and and I would love probably to see not. what a quantum computer looks. I, like. I doubt that that is probably not. <laughs> Oh, you, wait, I'm sorry. You guys didn't listen to the same interview I did? You heard well, what they did. sitting around in his parents' basement. basement. You guys didn't hear you think, that? Whole... You think he lives at home? Okay, all right. Okay, so um, please listen to the first, I think it's right after around 45 minutes. He talks about how he quits Google, has nowhere to go, mm -hmm. moves back home to his parents' house, and he even mm -hmm. jokes about it. He mm -hmm. said, I moved into their basement, and I borrowed $100,000 and built my first quantum computer. That's what he says, and he's like, "I've been sitting down there ever since." He's he's living he in his parents' hundred thousand dollars. So parents. listen, what? Not, not, I didn't is... say from his parents. He borrowed a hundred thousand oh, okay. dollars. <laughs> no, no, he borrowed a hundred thousand dollars, and I think it was seed money to build this quantum computer. And I still, like, I I, I know what a computer so I, is. So I'm unclear if he's like still living in his parents' basement. Well, okay, well, okay. Well, maybe I, he's I, rem not. I remember that interaction, but like, I feel like that was sort of like this is what I did to get to where I am now. Well, he's got he's got this this array what, of GPUs that he built a quantum computer, and he says, 
you know, I live in my parents' basement because I had to, you know, you know, this and this and this. So that that's where he is. And then the last point I was going to make is that, you know, give me something fucking tangible. Like I said to Keith, like Gary Johnson invented the Yukon gold potato. That's a development for society. Give me something that I can put in my hand because you know what? In a, in oh, yeah. We're on this I'm planet. For, we're on this planet for less than 100 years. And all this guy is going to do for the next 25 to 30 years is talk like this. I mean, really, well, like what you know, he may usher in part of the the, the next uh, 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 step in sentience in the I want, universe. I want a potato. I, I want it. I want another. I want well, a look, Yukon I, blue. There's nothing. The, a, the Yukon gold potato invention is is a majorly important invention. I mean, potatoes are awesome. Now, the one thing I would say about the basement thing is what that actually is is a reference to the Silicon Valley fable. Like one of the most yeah, popular I know, I know, myths I know. Yeah, of yeah. startups, which is that you you start in your garage, your parents' garage, right? right. And like that's where you're you're because you're just so into your idea, right? So he that 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 story was when you said like parents' basement, I was thinking like you're referring to like sort of the the old style internet neckbeard uh, uh, kind of. Well, he, I mean, he, says he, he it, does have a neckbeard. I, like I, I think he, he says it, but like yeah. I feel like he's saying it is like I'm. This is what I did to get to where I am now basically yeah he's well he's just appealing to that 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 sort of silicon valley yeah. startup myth you know the the fable um anyway Do you have he, other notes here it is right here tech technically this was at uh 29 minutes so i was pretty close technically eac or eac was uh started in in my parents basement because right. i quit big tech moved back with my parents sold my car let go of my apartment and bought a hundred thousand dollars of gpus and started building so mm -hmm. I wasn't referring to the basement because that's sort of the American or Canadian heroic story of one man in their basement, which is what you just said. But I was more referring to the unrestricted scaling of how I turned into who I am today. So he he like says Dude, that's what he did. He's got to be unrestricted, man. He's, he's I, I don't be I don't know if that's still today, but again, this yeah. is like this this guy. I'm like really, and and then I don't know, JP. You introduced me to one of your coworkers many years ago when you were living in Ohio, um, and that's when I first learned about not just fitness and nutrition from what I was learning, but I actually learned the technical part of what is referred to as biohacking. And you talked to me and I don't want to mention his name, but you talked to me about somebody you work with who takes 15 minute naps and goes through this whole exercise of biohacking and stuff. Well, he goes into that like topic of biohacking and I'm listening to this yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and I'm just fucking cringing. I'm like, you are literally like a moron. Like he's like, I, I live on ketones. <laughs> Ketones and Red Bull, like, come on, guy, like, like, come on, that's not, that's not biohacking. And it's, he's like, I work from noon until four a.m. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a certain. I amount power of, like, lift. Yeah. I'm just like, fucking this guy. I, I'll tell you, this guy is a dick to work for, and I guarantee he's so fucking boring at a party. Like, if he was at a party, I would. I, he, he is analogous to the guy in the National Lampoon's. Uh, 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 um, Animal House, where the guy's sitting on the on the staircase with the uh, acoustic guitar and he's playing to all the girls, and then Belushi comes up and smashes the guitar. That's me. I'm smashing that guitar. That he's got to be so fucking boring around a fire. You're just like this guy's a nerd. Well, I, um, I like nerds, but man, I mean, just like the way he talked, the use of language. Uh, Keith, what did yeah. you call them? Ten dollar words. I don't know. That's this what guy, my roommate always used to say about me. <laughs> This guy, this yeah, this guy's got million dollar words. I'm listening to him talk, and I'm just going, dude. There are so many other words you can use besides that. Constantly, like, like I said, mimetic is. is yeah, I, I have like I, I have something related. I'm to done. That. I'm so, done. I'm done. So, grandstand. You know, he might be right about what he's talking about, but I have no idea because he sounds like art students talking about their art. 
Yes. And yes. I'm not making fun of them. I should know. I went to art school, right? Yes. So like <laughs> all, I've been in, I've been in critiques and I've bullshitted my way through critiques to talk about whatever I put up on the board. I know exactly what that's all about. And that's exactly what this sounds like. Uh, it I, sounds I like feel... you're bullshitting your way through something that like you can't really justify. I feel like the usage of that color is just too warm for that. I feel like this is just too much for the way that you were invoking those type phrases. Yeah. Like, it's like that kind of, I'm just like, oh, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, my, my kerning is tight here because I was <laughs> wanted this piece to feel tension. It's yeah, like, yeah, right <laughs> fuck you. Um, I misused like, white space. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is the one sort of, I don't know. The whole point where he was like, where Lex was like, what's your perfect day? Right. And he went mm. through this whole thing about his perfect day. None of it was about anything but work or right, like, right. you know, his micro meals and shit. Like, yeah. in, in my opinion, this guy is not going to care about half of this shit the minute he falls in love or has a child. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say, I was going to say this okay. guy, actually my, my last note when I didn't read it, but I'll say it. He, this, this guy literally needs to get laid. I mean, the thing is like, like he, he, you know, he's, he's kind of in this mode where he's like, he wants to be hyper productive. He's trying to start a company, you know, it's, it's, there's definitely like a, a culture of startup startup founders somewhat have to present themselves this way it's it's like a little bit of like the myth that but he, that he doesn't talk like you know like perfect day he doesn't talk about anything social or familial right. like at all or like yeah. even hobbies or well, that's just where he's at he's he gets a lot of value out of being he's like productive. i work i eat tiny meals i power lift mm -hmm. you know and i sleep as little as possible yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's none of this routine I mean, it doesn't sound great to me, but like, you know, it's, it, it's what he's into right now. He's like, he, he's got a vision that he's super excited about for this company he's starting. And like, that is fairly all consuming but I think, dude, in, you, in you that phase. Like you gotta live. You, he's going to burn out John Paul. You know it. That's, that's very possible. I mean, back to Elon, somehow Elon still finds time, like despite running like six different companies that are all like in various phases of insanity, he still finds time to be like the number one, um, uh, or not the number one, he, like a top tier Diablo player. <laughs> like, oh, player. I didn't know that. Is he really? He's like, he's that. like, super, yeah, drugs, Keith says, maybe. Well, so, I mean, I, this guy, like, you no, know, yeah, I, I think you guys, you guys have, have kind of valid gripes about him. I, I, I find it more interesting to like highlight the things where I did agree with him. So I was talking about like how I was sort of somewhat responded to his notions about fear and also like, this heliocentric and anthropocentric worldview thing. Um, I thought that was like just kind of an interesting point as a someone who's like is interested in science fiction and the future and all this kind of stuff. Um, another thing that I really agreed with him about that he said, and I don't know how much he really believes this, but like he, he was saying that like one of his things that he thinks we should avoid is decentralization of AI and that AI tech should be decentralized. And um, we should avoid de like centralized control of it, and that arguments about safety might be playing into like a regulatory capture of AI and centralization of control of it. Um, so I, 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 I sort of that that I do kind of agree with some of those sentiments as well. Um, so maybe that's the cap on this discussion. I don't know. We've probably beat it to death.
so far. I'm glad everyone listened to it. I, you know, gave us something to, to talk about. Oh, what, what did you guys think about like the, 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 was this worth listening to? No. Okay. <laughs> here's, here's why. Here's why. Can you, I want both of you to help me out here. This was, this was nuts. So it's at like the two hour mark. And this is, this is actually right, right from the transcript. Um, I don't know if I believe in a finite time singularity as a single point in time. I think it's going to be asymptotic. I can't even say it. Asymptotic and sort of a diagonal sort of asymptote. <laughs> I think it's pronounced asymptote or asymptote. What the fuck does that even mean? What does that sentence mean? I think it's going to be well, asymptotic and sort of a diagonal sort of asymptote. Nobody talks like that. Well, Nobody. Well, there's two key ideas here. Like I said, this is religion. Uh, this is this is this is well, engineering religion. Is what it is. It's well, fake. I mean, he's talking about a notion of time, right? Well, I guess, that, but like the time isn't you know necessarily linear. Think so. Like, so like there's I said, two I figured main, you guys... there's there's two main things here that 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 are terms used that you probably don't know that I don't I don't claim to necessarily know either. Asymptotic. What does that mean? And what's a diagonal sort? If you go and understand those two concepts, you might understand what he's thing now i'm not saying what he's saying is some brilliant thing that we need to go understand no but i mean but, i'm just like listening to sentences like that and i'm just like he's clearly not talking to me you know, i'm, he, I'm, I'm not are, capable of understanding what he's talking about well so you're i'm the dumb capable guy. of it mm. well this is the thing about new ideas it's like this is this is a you know, he's talking about the singularity first of all like did, is that something that you tune into ever the singularity no. so so the singularity is another test real adjacent concept that I've found interesting over the years to think about where I think my understanding of it is that, 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 that Ray Kurzweil, okay. Is, who's this like famous futurist guy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with him. He, he kind of wrote a couple books about this. He, so he might, I think he's coined the term. Okay. This is like 10, 15 years ago, even or longer. And for him, the singularity was this thing where like he was trying to predict future trends and he had some model that would like like predict future trends and technology and that kind of stuff. And then according to him, his model like had this point in time where the predictions were invalidated. Like he couldn't predict past it. And he referred to this as singularity. And it was like to, the way he described it. And again, I haven't even read these books, but my understanding of it is the singularity was this time at which human evolution, human progress from technological and human point of view would not be recognizable after the singularity. Yeah, that's, so, like, that, a, that's the split in the timeline with the TVA. I, I know, I follow. I don't know what that, what are you saying? He's talking about TVA. Loki. <laughs> Loki, oh, I don't know any of that stuff. So like, like so so the, the singularity is this kind of like, maybe it's a, I think it was like, for him at the time, it was a combination of AI, um, nanotechnology, and quantum technology i think maybe quantum computing at this like all converging to make humanity unrecognizable to us after the singularity right so singularity is this like futurist concept that that sort of is like this human transition into beings of pure energy after the singularity or we merge with the art the ai intelligence you know uh, uh universal mind or whatever you know it's like it's like no one knows what it is is the thing but it's just this point in the future where like human evolution is like, like unrecognizable. 
So it is like, yeah. Uh, what, what's one of the things Keith posthumanism, all this type of stuff, you know, kind of yeah, fits yeah, into yeah. that. And right. So anyway, he's saying they, they like, all want to be cyborgs. We get it. <laughs> I mean, I. We are. We are cyborgs, be. by the way. We, we are not just because we have. Yes, a, we are. We have a rectangle in our pocket. Cybernetic organisms me. right now. Be, like for example, we wear shoes around all day, like these these sort of cushy, springy, like like uh, uh, things that adapt to the terrain and let us like like walk longer distances and stuff like this. Like you know that that's a cybernetic organism right there. My mom has a titanium knee, right? I don't, I, don't wear, I never wear shoes, and actually my my patio. You're gonna get um, plantar well, fasciitis. My, my... Obviously not true. You definitely wear shoes, Dan. No, no, I, I don't. You can't say you never wear shoes. I took you the dog. Out. I took the shoes. dog out in a snowstorm barefoot, and you can see barefoot tracks all around my driveway. And Moni comes home from LA, and she's like, "What the fuck were you doing?" I'm going to see you later <laughs> today, and I guarantee you're going to be wearing shoes. Nope. <laughs> anyway, wait. Um, all right, come on. We 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 killed this topic. This is really boring. Yeah, we have. What, we have. What's I, the, I agree. What's what's the transmutation of salt? I want to know what this. Like, oh. I didn't see that. What the fuck is that? I, oh, funny. <laughs> I, I put this on the Trello. Okay, so I put this on the Trello as like a troll to Keith, but we can get into it. So this. Yeah, this, I want to hear about it. You've, I'm sure you've heard the story before. Here you. Okay. All right. So so the transmutation of salt is one of my favorite Keith stories, and it's like Keith performed an alchemic miracle uh, <laughs> during a visit to San Francisco. So this, this has to be like 10 years ago at this point or more. Probably, I mean, yeah. it, so like Keith came out to San Francisco, we were hanging out and like, you know, we're, we're, we're like, let's go get, let's go get breakfast. So we, and I think this is like indicative of Keith, some, some, some sort of aspects of Keith and, and like, that's why I like this story. So, like, we were like, oh, let's go to this cafe I know about. So, we, we walk down there and we f- find this little cafe in North Beach and we're, we get a table outside and order some like eggs and, and I get a coffee and Keith orders tea, of course, which is very Keith. So, uh, we're sitting outside and like the, the tea and coffee shows up and on the table is a salt shaker. Right. And like, if I say to you the words salt shaker and like the image that comes into your mind from a diner of a salt shaker, what does it look like? Is it, you know, like a little salt shaker with like hexagonal sides and like a silver top with holes in it. Yeah. That's that's the first thing that popped in my head. And it's small. It's like yay big. And that's salt. Right. So Keith, without a thought, without a hesita- a moment of hesitation, without a pause, picks up the salt shaker and pours it into his tea. <laughs> and and I, that's, and essentially converts it into sugar in front of my very eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by converts it into sugar? What I mean is you turned salt into sugar in that moment. Well, no, because I tasted it and said, like, so, this is so, not sugar it, you poured salt you poured sugar from the salt shaker into your coffee you you, you into your tea you, you transmuted the salt into sugar and put it in your tea and that's what happened because you would not put salt in your tea right right you would never do that that's ridiculous no one puts right. salt in their tea you only put sugar in your tea so you, so therefore i knew that you had transformed the salt <laughs> and and then, okay, Keith tastes the tea and is like, what the hell? There's salt in this tea. 
So the, the, the alchemic bubble was burst and the, it turned back into salt, okay, is what happened, unfortunately. So the Keith's miracle was not maintained. You know, I think this might be some principle of alchemy that, that, that Keith just hadn't mastered or something. So, so that's the story. I mean, you know, Keith transformed salt into sugar and then it, it transformed back into salt. <laughs> but so, you know, I, I actually interpreted it this way because, because now Keith will say like, no, I just made a mistake. And I put, I put, I accidentally put salt in my tea because I thought it was sugar. But that's what that, happened. That, that, that that's exactly what happened. So that, that's what you always say about the story. But that explanation does not would not pass muster in a court of law under a reasonable person kind of like, like expectation, no reasonable person, including but transmutation would. Well, so no reasonable person, including you would ever interpret this thing as sugar. It was not, oh. it was not, um, <laughs> ambiguous. It was the most obvious salt shaker ever. Now here, here's, here's another way of saying what I think happened. Your reality was not compatible with them not bringing you sugar and therefore the salt that white substance must be sugar because i that's, said before there's not, probably something to that yeah yeah you did not hesitate for one instant of there was no doubt in your mind you're never like is this salt or sugar no it, it had to be sugar because the world was not compatible with you not having sugar like it, it, it that's yeah not a, i get maybe like well, in my head i was just sort of like well they brought our coffee and tea there should be sugar on the table not should must must be <laughs> okay okay <laughs> it would be different i mean you know like like i just think this is i, I you know I, that's our argument about this is that you're always like well i just made a mistake and i'm like no that's not what happened you transformed <laughs> it you, tra you warped reality to fit your expectations of how it had to be right well, i mean i and wish i had warped reality because then i would have had sugar <laughs> well, in your tea. mind this is the thing like you know how like what what is reality right it is a reality is our perception you know in our mind of like what our senses take in so your reality actually transformed that sure. salt okay. into sugar because your eyes your eyes just witnessed white a white crystalline substance and said that it has to be sugar and it became sugar because there was no hesitation in dumping it in there so it, to you it was sugar in that instant it's just that the the probability field, uh, the quantum probability field of that probability collapsed when you tasted it, and then yeah. it, it changed back into salt at that moment. So like that's, yeah. I, I feel like the transmutation is actually more akin to what happened than what you. I can see that. As, like, I made a mistake. Can, can I can I ask a, a qualifying question though? I know this is like ten years ago. Mm -hmm. You said this was for breakfast, right? Yeah. Was this the yeah. first? Was this the first day, or was this like midweek? He might have been uh, jet lagged. It was kind of like yeah, after that's... a couple of days. I don't think it was the first morning, but I think it was because I, I think it was maybe one time when I was there for like a week or something. Yeah, but it, like this couldn't have been anything to do with like, you know, kind of disoriented uh, jet well, lag. You're just that's like, what I always there. said. It was that like I was tired. I mean, we're going to breakfast. So like it was. Like, well, yeah, but like I mean, if you blocks, you should have been woken up by then. <laughs> OK, but so even as tired as you could possibly be, just I, I can't get over the fact that it was the most like like if you said to an AI generate 600 images of, of salt to me, salt oh, shaker, yeah, sure. you could get 600 of this salt shaker. It, there, there was just no ambiguity to it. It wasn't like a little bowl with a cute spoon. 
it was like the most classic version of what a salt shaker is. You know, no one ever put sugar in there. That's the thing. Like, it's did, did he slide the pepper aside to grab the salt? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of yes, course he did. Right okay. next to the pepper. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, you're awesome. The the funny you, addendum. You, so the funny addendum to this is the reason why John Paul is bringing this up is last night I sent him this article that I saw about how somebody wrote a book about tea and they said that they had found this like chinese manuscript that basically said that like putting salt in salt your tea, tea. Yeah. like improves it or something like it that does. and it like do- and, and you know like you know britain went ballistic when they hear heard this basically you know because they're very um protective of tea and the proper way to make tea and everything and um it became this whole like hubbub and like the author of this book had to like basically put out the statement like apologizing for like starting <laughs> and i was i i just thought it was really funny because it he was should have the, leaned into it that it like he's been doing it wrong thing. yeah so that's, i mean they, they yeah say, that's why this came up they say well here's the thing so, sugar, so this came up and then and I, coffee is supposed to make coffee taste better too I and mean, it's ooh, like that's kind I of a thing that. you do a pinch of coffee yeah. in the in the drip and pinch of salt so, yeah yeah. yeah. So the, the, and the reason this ended up on the Trello was was I go he sent me that article and then I said well, I've been wondering if I should put the transmutation of salt on the Trello and Keith goes ah, I don't know I just made a mistake and I go okay you convinced me it's going on there <laughs> yeah um, I mean so, it's a funny story I just don't know if it's like a topic to talk about on a podcast well, like what are you gonna talk it, about it, it's it's a funny story I mean you know like but uh, okay so so. We should we should well, probably so, we should probably wrap it up, but Keith, I think I think you wanted to yeah. make some addendums. Well, I mean, what is the topic you wanted to talk about, John? The next if it's like a short one, is, we could do it. Is your phone listening to you and serving ads? Oh man, that's, that's a that's a great a long one. that's a great topic. That's not that's that's timeless. Because because there's well, no, there's no current events around that. This you're you're it's, going it's, after it's me. Evergreen is what you're saying. <laughs> you're going after me because because of something that I said the other day, and this, I mean, we could debate this topic forever. But yeah. there's there's from time to time I will say things in our in our chat that will trigger John Paul to start telling like taking me to school about how uh, you know uh, you know ad, ad, ad placement works and I know how ad placement works because I worked in marketing I know how that works I have pucks around my house and I had to unplug this puck here next to me because I talk loud on a headset so that so the pucks hearing one side of a conversation. And it was unplugged, but I'm sure the puck that's in my bedroom is listening to me as well, because it sound sound travels. And uh, but when you're on a headset, though, the puck can't hear what's in your headset. The puck can hear what comes out of my mouth because it's loud. Mm-hmm. And I was in a call, and one of my employees told me that this was going to be the year that he was going to uh, propose to his girlfriend, and I. All I said was, as I said, oh, nice job. Congratulations. That's all that it heard. I didn't say engagement. I didn't say ring because he said it. It was in my headset. And Keith and I, who work for the same company, we we are behind a VPN. And it is very, very secure. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people that we work with are behind VDIs. So they're, they're working in virtual machines that are not even at their house, all of that stuff. And there is no way surveillance is happening 
at where we work. There's not. It can't. It's like there's so many services that are blocked. We have a, we have a tremendous security team. Except for the company surveilling us. But. Well, no, they're, that's <laughs> happening. But like they're not selling this stuff here because I've actually even worked on some of this issue that we get served up our own ads. We should probably throttle that so that we don't have to spend money on ad placement for our <laughs> own employees. And, and, and this has been something we've talked about. So anyways, all I said casually in the chat was, it's really weird. The other day, I open up Twitter and the first thing I see is an engagement ring ad. I'm like, I'm not, I never, so, like, I'm, I, it, and it says, and yeah, it yeah. says, buy her something special right. you know, and something, something, something to be her wife. And you're like, yeah, that that's because it knows it. And I was, I was like, well, look, hold it's on. not so, an so algorithmic first, thing. First it heard all, me say congratulations. All, I, your story does not make sense. Okay. What now what, forget about what I said. Okay. You said that you're on a headset. You never said anything about engagement out loud so what therefore what is your conclusion why am i getting advertisements for engagement no, no, not why what do you conclude i don't, don't ask a... the question yeah that was the question oh, you're just like why yeah and then you're like oh okay. because well you had two answers well the first answer is always because the algorithm knows where you are in your life and i'm like well dude I'm, i've been all, married for 20 years no, you've said this All before. Right. You're like, you're like, it predicts. It, it knows exactly what you're going to say at this very time. And I'm like, dude, I don't need to see Warby Parker you're glasses. Not, you're not really representing what I'm saying. But the thing is, I guess I in, I interpreted your story as you making more evidence to anecdotal evidence that your phone is listening to you. It is. But that's not what well, your story is. Is You specifically said that you you cut the phone and all the pucks and stuff out of the loop because you're on a headset. Well, no, I said, I said uh, the puck that's sitting next to me is turned off. Yeah. I turned it off a couple weeks ago. Cause yes, I, I was, I, know, I was talking, no, I know the other, there's your another, phone's, your phone's there. So my, phone, my phone's sitting right here next to me and I was on Twitter yes, and I set the phone you're, down you're and, whole, and it went, and it went quiet. Look at him. Yeah. Okay. Angry. But, but your uh, whole our point, listeners, John Paul is, is he wants to fucking hit me right upside the head right now. He's <laughs> clenching his fist. He's got his teeth clenched. He's got his fist. He's ready to hit me. I'm pulling my hair out because your whole story is about how like you never said the word. It only came in through your headset. So your phone, your pucks, everything's out of the loop. Everything. I don't so know. what you, is you claim you claim that it's all there. It's because everything that's in my headset is on the internet. I, I believe I can explain why you might see this ad but the thing is i need to understand what you're saying i'm saying that because what i've said all along is that there has been a suspicious amount of ad placement only in twitter in the last two years last year and a half well okay i mean i would not just, and then look, your response is twitter who, your phone's not allowed to wake up and start like twitter's not allowed to invoke your microphone without but your you're phone. you're making a, a a sort of incompatible argument here because because now first of all who coined the term surveillance economy i was going to say for, for our listeners uh 22 years ago uh john paul coined the term surveillance economy so <laughs> <laughs> let it be known okay so so like i am not i am not at all saying that we're not being surveilled to the tits and then served up influencing media that that's absolutely what the entire tech economy is the biggest economy in the u.s is entirely about this yes. right yes so so make no mistake that if that engagement ad showed up after having a conversation about engagement rings and stuff that's because you were surveilled and then targeted okay like that don't don't get me wrong i am not not disagreeing with that by any means okay the thing that I 
take issue with is when you and people in general have this theory that our phones are listening to us when they're like uh, like not awake and you're not using an app and that you get ads served to you. And I, I don't think that is happening for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is the what's actually happening is way scarier than your phone listening to you. And it just it uncannily seems like that. But what's really happening is essentially ethnographic data triangulation, right? That can put you in the same conversation with and some connection with someone who was talking about engagement rings or who had gone to, you know, engagement ring website at some point, right? So, but the, the thing is, your story does not make sense for like kind of, you, you, you have not yet said, you told a story, you said you're on a headset, you never said the word engagement. Therefore, how do you conclude that you were shown this ad? Don't ask a question right now. Tell me what you think happened. So I don't understand what you're saying. I believe that since I was actively on Twitter that morning and something heard me talk about congratulations. No, I don't know. I, that's what I'm, my point is, is that like, well, so here, you is, think it's algorithmic. You. you said you think it's algorithmic, and I dis I dispute that. First of all, if it's algorithmic, it would know that I've been married for twenty years. I'm not going to be in market for an engagement ring. And I'm certain it just it's just putting the pieces together to know wouldn't that have, like wouldn't have done it before. I mean, someone but, you know is shopping for engagement rings. Okay, but I'm not and, even connected. And just kinda, this guy and I, the, we're not connected at all. I would never even connect to him socially. You're on the work. same Zoom call. The, the problem is right is that, behind like, a, behind a VPN on a what you company portal yes I, I think you're realizing actually when i keep asking you what you conclude is that your story is an argument in favor of my position yeah of because course you it is, know but i don't believe because... it though <laughs> that's my <laughs> point is that, that like you, like you, you might be right out. i mean you're you're probably you're probably 100 right but i don't believe it i i this just well it's, it's that's that's too that's too faith that's too here's the too, thing i mean one, one possibility it's not complete out of the realm possibility is that people only say congratulations on like for three different reasons. And one of them is engagement. There you go. That makes sense. I, I buy and, that over anything. It's and like, that simple. like you, I don't believe your phone is listening to you, but those Google pucks, I goddamn guarantee are. Oh, yeah. they absolutely are. But like <laughs> Google only has one purpose in life. hundred percent. Yeah. The Google ones, the Amazon ones, hundred percent. Those yeah, are yeah, completely that's like, just that's their only job. Things. Yeah. 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 You, you voluntarily put surveillance devices in your house with those things for sure. Yeah, Apple's like the only company out here that like, you know, I think actually does care about privacy because they, they're not selling an ad network. Here, let, let, let's test it out right now. I'm going to test it out right now. Well, here's the thing. I kept off. saying this that is this is, is an experiment we could do. Well, we could do this. I, I'm, uh, we, I would take some time and maybe oh. our listeners, I don't know. If you want, pick a topic and I'll start talking about it. My phone's sitting right here. It's off. That puck is well, turned off. So well, let's do so it. This, let's, let's figure this out. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, this is what I said. We can now. I, let's back up for a second, though. Are, are you still saying that you believe the phone is listening with the microphone to conversations and then serve like get, putting you in an ad train on those? If if is that would is that what you're saying? If an app has access to my microphone even though the app is off and not allowed to run in the background and it's owned by a certain billionaire who has lost their shirt in the acquisition of this company. I believe that they're willing to go to the, the bowels of humanity <laughs> sure, and sure. make bad choices that haven't well, been discovered. I'm absolutely yet. certain they're willing. I have a solution they, to your they problem. Could. I know. Don't talk about anything. 
Oh, stay off Twitter. No. Stay off Twitter. <laughs> Just take Twitter off your phone, man. Yeah. Like, I have a huge solution to your problem. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, well, let, let me well, just make sure. Let me so, just make so, sure that yeah, my theory in, is correct. Wait, let me do this right now. Hey, um, hey, Google, turn on Media Room. Nope, didn't do anything. I'll yeah, do it louder. So your, your hey, puck is hey Google, turn on Media Room. Nope. Okay, so oh. your puck is oh, oh, turn on. There. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so I had to be louder about it. Okay. It, but it's in the other room, right? The puck. It's it's in my son's room next door to me, and the door's yeah. closed, so I had to get louder. So that's all. So so you know, like like if 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 you wanted to test if your phone is listening to conversation, the the experiment is pretty easy. You you make sure that you're isolated with just the phone, put it in sleep, like lock it or whatever. You know, make sure put it in the background, whatever, and then discuss at length how much you love some subject that we know people are buying like huge amounts of ad dollars for it could be a political campaign it could be mortgage rates or whatever like and just do that for five minutes and then see if you're you know measure the ads before and after and that this is the reason why this theory does people keep saying it and stuff but it's it's basically refuted because this experiment is incredibly easy to do and plenty of people have done it and they don't get any results from it um so now this is an iphone only i don't I really wouldn't trust Android or the pucks or anything else, you know, to, to not do this kind of thing, you know, but, but that, that's kind of my opinion on this is that it, it, it it's easy to test. And, um, it's also easy to see that like Apple just really doesn't allow this kind of thing. So. Agreed. I mean, I, like I said, I oh, totally agree. actually agree. Well, I, no, I do because I've done that experiment before. Okay. So when we got when we got our pucks, we started seeing some weird ad behavior. I was seeing Victoria's Secret ads. I have no reason to see Victoria's Secret ads. And here, my wife had was was you know she was buying some undergarments and had them sent to the house. And so I started seeing them in my uh, my like so I'd go to like Reuters or CNN or whatever news site, and I'd see Victoria's Secret. I'm like, what's this all about? Like, and then I think you and I talked about this, and it was like. It knows at this date, at this time, you're going to go talk about that. And I'm just like, that's a little too voodoo for me. But anyway. Look, it knows that you know Monique and well, Monique's no, I, been yeah. looking on the internet for... Yeah, for no, that, that's a better and... explanation. I, but you had said something about the predictability of the algorithm knows that you may be looking for this or that. And I'm like, no, I think it's as simple as it. Like, it knows that we're connected via a Google family. And therefore, it sees her ad behavior and says, hey, don't forget to talk to her about this because she's been looking at it. Tell her to pull the trigger and buy this stuff. That's why, that's why that happened. Well, so we, I mean, I think... When it comes to prediction, what I what I was kind of saying was like it's so good at predicting what you might want to buy. Maybe, maybe that it's it can seem like it's listening. Yeah, I, that's, I have that's I have kind no of no desire to. And purchase. by that, I mean by prediction, I mean like if it knows that you know someone who's shopping for uh, engagement rings, you know, and it might uh, therefore show you ads for engagement rings. That this kind of triangulation that it does, you know, is is or if it knows that a bunch of people are in the same place. And like it can, it can cross correlate your, like what your friends are into and kind of make predictions about what you're into. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, generally speaking. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that that's probably accurate, right? It knows the type of circles that I'm in, takes a look at, you know, ethnographic data and says like, oh, this, you know, this is likely what they're talking about and what they're into. Yeah. And, and by prediction, I mean that this is a predictive analysis yeah. and like, you yes. know, ML is particularly good at this. Yep. Right. It like the whole thing with these LLMs is they they're just predicting the next word in a string of words. So they are good at statistically predicting things. 
And so it given a bunch of like data about you and your cohort and everything, it can predict um, what ads might be effective to you, right? Yeah. Um, well, but I, it's not perfect. I mean, I we did, like we, we did this with uh, with you know. So I said, let's talk about something that we would never ever talk about. It just it's not even in our discussion. And mm-hmm. so she's this was like two years ago when I started getting these pucks or three years ago. She said, "Hey, have you ever been on a cruise?" And I said, "No, I've never been on a cruise before." And she's like, oh, I would love to go on a cruise. And we just sat there in front of our, you know, in our kitchen having breakfast, talking about cruises. And then we said, all right, never talk about this again. And for the rest of the day, and then we kind of forgot about it. And then literally the next the next morning I'm on Twitter. And sure enough, there was Royal Caribbean ads all over the place because mm. the pucks were listening to me. That 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 makes sense. I What I'm saying is how the hell did it know in my headphones that a coworker was telling me they're getting engaged? And all I said was, oh, congratulations. That's it. Yeah. Well, could have been I, a baby. Like, could have been, there might you know, be only a couple of reasons you would say congratulations. Maybe you were also shown a baby ad and didn't even know. So that's the other thing. New job, uh, yeah. promotion, could have been anything. Sure. But it was just like, sure. it, it, like I'm, I, I mean, as soon as I opened my phone I later that, that afternoon, it was like engagement ring. And I was like, I think well, it's much weird. more, it's, I mean, there's also this possibility of coincidence where like, I mean, how many ads do you see that you don't never even remember? But the one where it's like, maybe you've seen an engagement ring, you know, ad like, a hundred times in the last three months, but the only time you noticed it was because you were just talking to someone who, who brought it up. Right. So there is a possibility of some coincidence there as well, but it, you know, I think it's not that unlikely that it knows that you two are connected and therefore like kind of lumped you in to the target. I, I don't really buy your thing about how like somehow magically progressive is not like putting all its employees into the surveillance economy, considering you guys are using Microsoft products and you know everything else that is all part of the surveillance economy you know it's 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 progressive is not a bigger tech beast than microsoft by factors of thousands so like you know the idea that your it is like somehow like gonna know how to like turn off the surveillance economy for your for your company is seems silly to me but i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to go to a, like a just a generic website to see what's changed so far and I'm not seeing anything that's convincing. <laughs> um, so, so okay. that was good. We did it. We did it in 20 minutes, even though yeah, Keith wanted no, to. No, no, that's good. Keith, Keith, addendums. Uh, yeah, I just, I just had a couple things that I thought were that we should mention based on previous episodes. Okay. Oh, man. These are more like. These are more like uh, not, I guess, not corrections exactly, but just relevant. So. Because I listened to the, you know, the recent ones and like um, when we talked about uh, movies and we talked about Taxi Driver and you sort of asked me the question, like, do you think Taxi Driver is like a, you know, a good thing or not, basically? Well, a good thing. Uh, I mean, a a valid artwork, I think maybe would have been what I was said. I'm not sure if you put it that way. Exactly. I thought you said it was something more Mm -hmm. like, you know, was was its contribution good for society or something like mm, that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of said, like, you know, if you put me up against the wall, I'd say no because of, like, how it could influence people. And mm. the thing that I completely forgot about is that it did influence somebody in a very famous way. So John Hinckley Jr. was the man who attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan based on Taxi Driver. 
he was obsessed with Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver and decided to try to assassinate a president to gain her attention. He wrote her like letters and stuff like for I remember years. that. Yeah. And tried to like um I think uh actually assassinate Jimmy Carter but was like stopped, you know, like he would he wouldn't be able to get there and you know, he shot at, at Ronald Reagan. He injured four people and you know, Brady um I can't remember Brady's first Brady. name. Yeah. Uh but like he was you know, disabled and eventually died from his injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that movie directly contributed to like an act of violence. And what's more is like the movie portrayed somebody who try, who tried to kill a president. Like that was his plot. So candidate, I think, yeah, a candidate or whatever, but like, do I think it's like a good contribution to society? I don't know. Like, well, that's why I feel like I would not have used the term good, you know, like, like art is not necessarily like this thing that always has to be good. Now, this is good, but is it like, uh, yeah. Is it a value to society for something like that? Is it a value to society to have, to have, evocative art and and i think most people would say yes now the thing is like this guy was clearly troubled in like a lot like deeply troubled dude right you know maybe there's like totally unhinged right so like did he need this particular film to like a uh, 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 sort of act out this sort of act of violence that that you know he, he ended up doing. Well, I mean, like, it was part of the reason why he. I mean, it was the major reason, really, why he decided well, would, to do something violent. I would argue, and I think any legal kind of outcome of this event would would back me up on this. That like the the reason he did it is entirely on him. Right. You, you know, in other words, like this guy, they didn't go put who directed that movie. Um, they didn't go put Scorsese in jail because some guy like, no, of course not. you know, did this thing. Of course not. That means that like ascribing um, causal attribute to the to the work of art for some individuals unhinged behavior is not a valid perspective in society okay i'm not sure i follow that but okay well what's not to follow like like <laughs> it was you were if, if, you know if jumping causal, through a couple of different arguments there it seemed like. i don't know if it is if the movie caused the assassination attempt on reagan shouldn't scorsese be in jail i don't think so no it did well, but that doesn't wait, mean if, that that doesn't mean that like works like that have a value to society. Well, art has a value, right? And art doesn't yeah, in have general, to. Sure, and art is art. A big part of art is trying to subvert and evoke, and it doesn't always have to be like pictures of water lilies or whatever. Right. It's I mean, supposed to. What, 
that's not the argument. That's not the argument. Sure it is. And and this this piece of this particular piece of art, I mean, I assume you would agree with me that Taxi Driver is a work of art. Sure. Okay, so it's this particular work of art is reflecting something that's in that was in society. That's okay. why it's that's why it's like still, you know, somewhat considered a classic, probably. Um and and I'm not saying the taxi driver is like a great film or like a, a super important piece of art in the, in the culture or anything like that. I'm just like, it is art. And like, you shouldn't ascribe causal attributes to, to art, to someone who's like super unhinged, who went and like did some unhinged thing. You know, he yeah. became obsessed with what he became obsessed with because of some deeper problem. And if it is causal, why isn't Scorsese in jail? And their answer is that it's not causal. No one thinks this. No court would, you could never take Scorsese to, to court and like put him in jail. I'm not over talking this. about court. I'm not talking about proving it in a court of law. Well, I'm, I'm talking about like, is it good to have art that portrays like um, a violent act sort of from the perspective of the offender? You know, like who is the protagonist of Taxi Driver? Um, yeah right uh, so like yeah, i right. mean this isn't a movie about a unhinged person on the loose and the forces trying to catch him this is a movie that is like portraying yeah. like his perspective yeah it follows his descent into some sort of um neuroses or something yeah right? I, think, I think it's i think it's the the part that's dangerous is when when somebody artists, identifies with that when well right that's that's difficult i didn't say it I, wasn't i think dangerous. that's difficult to control i think the the part that is concerning is when we sensationalize yeah um, and i think that's what you're i think I what you're getting at is you're saying that the way that the film tells a story because you could tell a story and say here's the bad guy the bad guy did bad things don't be a bad guy but we sort like, like i think we're a more about, responsible movie that's what i'm saying still, is that and still be art yeah, but then well, I think I think that would just be like a bunch of like rainbow clouds and I mean, look, unicorns look, art, and stuff. You guys love is... jumping to these like extremes between like. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that like taxi well, drivers. Keith, Keith doesn't like story. villains. As, no, no, I'm, as I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not coming at you. That he just can wants find, like rainbows and fluffy find, clouds. That's hold on, hold but on, I'm not coming at on. you. I'm just saying. Can that, you find an example? Can you find an example of someone who got obsessed with Harry Potter, who then went and did something? toxic harmful dangerous bad well no the the, the, and the, the, the answer the to author question, herself did that herself so well forget about sorry. the author for a second just can you can you find <laughs> someone who, be, who became obsessed with a totally in your view fine piece of media a responsible piece of media and then went and and did something toxic because of this obsession or whatever and the answer to this question is yes of course you i guarantee it okay. so like the fact that like this Where? one guy got obsessed where? Huh? Where? I mean, it's where? just it's just part of, of human nature. No, you're saying yeah, that that's you're you're asking to to provide an example of this and you, no, you no. didn't. I'm saying could you it's a hypothetical oh, but it, I, I mean, think it's well, people stalk people stalk actresses and actors all the time right. based on the movies that they see them in. They get obsessed with, you know, whoever. Yeah. If exactly. you if you think that like, you know, Emma Watson who played Hermione Granger has not had like a thousand stalkers and have had to have right. like file police reports like if you don't think that yep. that has happened you're crazy <laughs> so there, ergo 
continue the point until you arrive with agreeing with me. <laughs> you want me to say that because any piece of art can engender a or you know provoke a violent act that it doesn't I, I'm not matter even using that like what perspective physology. this is from. Well, I'm just saying that like like the fact that some unhinged individual got got obsessed with taxi driver and like acted it out in real life or whatever. Yeah. You can't ascribe a causal like responsibility to the to the artwork because and I'm just saying like like there's plenty of purely super according to Keith responsible pieces of art out there that engender the same response because that response is a part of human nature not not it's not the art that caused it to happen yeah but at the same time you're miss you're missing the whole point of this though John Paul what Keith is really trying to say is here comes the joke. No, I'm saying we keep. Dude, you ruined. Like, that's the bad timing. Come on, let, that's let right, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, cut that out, and now, like, uh, you know, edit this back so that you get to make your land the punchline. Oh, I mean, it's not a punchline. It's just that, like, what Keith, <laughs> basically, what Keith brought this topic up. The 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 addendum here, or the correction, is that um, you know he he really feels that media. And, you know, such as movies, right, movies, stories and stuff can influence bad people to do bad things. And and really, he's frustrated because, you know, it happened to a really great person. <laughs> okay. I, I, I understand your frustration, Keith. I, I, too, think that Ronald Reagan should never have been assassinated. He was such a great well, president. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> we should not assassinate our president. But, like... <laughs> he's trying he's he's basically Who saying cares? that movies he's saying taxi driver caused one of his favorite presidents to get shot and he's really frustrated by that yeah exactly that is great great punchline um I, I thought it was funny the, the thing is like like <laughs> but keith like my 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 sort of counter argument here i think completely just decimates anything you're saying <laughs> like like of course that people that. yeah that, that like regardless of how responsible you you want your movie to be or your piece of art or whatever there's still people who are going to like get obsessed with it and like like uh uh do toxic things because that's part of humanity not 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 responsibility of the art like you know cuz cuz like if you're if you were correct about this there would be no toxic obsessive behavior coming out of Harry Potter because it was a totally acceptable movie right okay i don't think that exactly tracks but i think how, it tracks how really many people well shot you're, up you're, you're, you're trying of, to say that because, i mean I, i'm talking about like, trying to say that because i'm talking about a, a, a one-to-one example a guy goes to see a movie and acts out what yeah. he sees in the movie because he's like devolves into this fantasy like you're talking about like a person you know stalking an actress because they think she's pretty you know what i mean like well so i mean that you're, happens you're like too, all the time you're getting too liberal because, like, I would reduce it to like a person sees a a, a, piece, a work of meat of art, gets obsessed with some facet of it, and then does something toxic in the real world, right? As a result okay. of that obsession, and that so that that tracks my analogy. Now, if if you want to get so literal that they have to act out something in the movie, I'm sure we can find plenty of examples of that also. Not from Harry Potter. I mean, how many how many guys have shot up movie theaters because of Snape? I mean, I don't think it's ever. Well, they don't have guns in Harry Potter, so you'd have to you'd have to get, take it somewhere else. But like, you know, how many like, like, pick a Marvel movie or whatever, or anything else that you think is acceptable. Look at Deadpool. Right? 
How many how many of those sure. fucking gym rat bros with the Spartan tattoos have Deadpool tattoos on them? They're terrible people. It's so superficial. <laughs> but like this is the thing, like like you know, you, you just can't. I think the the society has long ago litigated this topic and decided that that you can't hold art responsible for the actions of an individual, and we allow we permit art which may you know, honestly like i've said this before like speech is dangerous art can be dangerous there's been yeah. many cases where art has been a, a somewhat centerpiece of like toppling a government or like you know well then sort of, maybe we shouldn't have ratings maybe we shouldn't restrict the viewing of movies to age groups well Wait, so, so Keith, that's a somewhat you're... different subject because there's one biological fact that is in play, which is that children, their brains are still developing. Sure. And so they, they are influenced in sort of, they're, they're incredibly impressionable, but, but like they also just haven't, they haven't formed a full moral like compass or anything. But you don't to, have like, to be like a child to have an impressionable. Oh, no, I know there, there's well, lots yes, of people that there, have, there are people out there of... with undeveloped, Influence. brains right they're yeah. heavily influenced by media right but, but you so can't the question... blame the art for their for their uh, development you know okay it's... so then so then let's let's use a similar debate here is that if you're saying that movies are responsible for people's bad behavior because of influence would it also be safe to say that guns are also the responsibility of death or is it the, on the person i mean this is this is that debate that everybody gets stuck in well, that's like a whole other debate. No, it's not because, like, if, I mean, if, I, if, I movie, if movies are, if movies and art, uh, a firearm is an art. It's a piece of art. Ooh, it's an, it's an artifact. I'm for gun control. Like, no, obviously. I am too. I am absolutely. I mean, I, I am very much for gun control. I'm just saying that you're blaming the movie because it influenced an individual to do really bad things who was probably already a bad person. This, unfortunately, yeah. is the same trap that we get stuck in when we talk about gun control. Is that are we saying that we should just not no longer make movies that are sensationalizing bad behavior to stop influencing people from doing things. I mean, I, th I think maybe that's where you're headed with this. I'm just asking. Like, I think they can be more responsible in how they portray like the focal or the, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it, but like, no, I just I, think I, that I like media can be more responsible and I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about like everything. I just think it could be more responsible in general in how it positions a um, bad person or a bad viewpoint. Like, well, I mean, I don't think I, there's I, anything really... is like kind of not a great example of this anyway because it's not it's not sensational. You know, it's 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 a pretty dark descent. Like, it doesn't make it look like fun or something. What what he goes through in that film, you know, his character progression. Then why you do know. people put fucking photos of Travis Bickle on their college room door dorm I know, rooms? I know, you know right? what I mean? Because like, it, it it appeals to a certain a certain phase of development, maybe or something yeah, I mean, like it's, that. It's when, ego. College, it's, it's so maybe college kids shouldn't be able to see R-rated movies. Um, you know, because they're impressionable and their brains haven't deformed, formed enough well, think, to know think, that like Travis Bickle is a bad guy. I think by the time you're in your twenties, your your brain's fully formed. Although maybe not. Doesn't seem like 18. it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how many people want to be stormtroopers? It's the same thing. A lot of people. There's a 501st Legion is an entire cosplay like Legion of guys that dress up in 
expensive stormtrooper this, this has been like right. so and, and same thing with people getting darth vader tattoos on them it's like okay so you like the villain the bad guy there, there's yeah. always been a there's always been a cohort of society that wants to blame some form of media for like the bad things that people do and like this has been true of books video you know video it's been games true is another one yeah sure. video games been true of movies and they're always wrong because because you you can't ascribe this causal responsibility to the work of art. Okay. There you go. And if you could, Scorsese would be in jail. Okay. There you go. What's, what's, uh, and you would, and you would not have people I'm not, I don't know why I'm picking on Harry Potter. I just, yeah, no, I was gonna say, is, did something happen in the news with Harry Potter? Like, I, I've never no, heard I of just, somebody running around with a just, wand trying to kill people. It's, it just came to mind as a an example. Would, well, it's an example that I felt like Keith would find but acceptable. A, but it's a bad example because Harry Potter wasn't about bad example. people doing bad things. The problem is, I don't know. He's, well, pain, that's he's exactly pointing right. it out as a an opposite of that. It has like heroes and clear villains. An acceptable right. movie. The Keith, right, but that, passes but, Keith's but moral that, filter. Yeah, but isn't that you know, isn't that, an argument in Keith's favor though? I mean, like if you're no. using that to Keith, I mean Keith's saying taxi driver, bad person doing bad things influenced a bad person, woke them up to do a bad thing. Harry Potter is I'll a let, good movie with good people doing good things. So like what like what's the debate? Well, like, John Paul's argument I'll let, is, is I'll let that, Keith argue my position now. Go ahead. Right. So John Paul's <laughs> argument is that like yeah, I can ex- I can accept that you have a valid argument. I just happen to disagree with it. <laughs> well, I feel like you're you're just ignoring the, the the sort of superior logic of my argument now. I'm like, like right. just saying that you. Well, I know you are. Superior I know you feel logic of my argument. Now. <laughs> I, I know you feel that way, and I mean, maybe it is superior logic. I mean, I'm not telling you that like I'm not like telling you that I I have a logical point for this. I'm telling you that this is how I feel about media. Right. I, like, well, I know for a fact. I feel like yeah. media could be more like responsible and it's a, and it's like influence on society. Yeah, and that's I why I said you... that like I would want to see more media that is sort of focused around like doing good versus like portraying like the bad. Yeah, it's just less entertaining. I mean, the thing is, I, I know that you but don't why is like it less entertaining. That, that's like, that you don't that's like, the real like rot is like why is that considered less entertaining? Because and I I talked about this before about how like the flawed characters are the most interesting ones and I went all the way back to Hamlet you know as like, like as like you can be flawed and it could still be positive. Well, yeah, I'm it, sure it can. I, it, the thing is, I know that you don't like films that that sort of have the the clear. Uh, bad guy quote unquote as the protagonist right it's just not it doesn't appeal to you you know sure. that's for sure i also just don't see the point of it i guess like i don't know what it's yeah. saying i mean like, i it's what like, it's like what's kind of like, you, you kind of be like saying what's the point of a tragedy one of the very original forms of of like like incarnations of drama or whatever i mean tragedy like, has a lot of point to it yeah, tragedy tragedies usually, like in the classic sense, usually follow a bunch of horrible people doing horrible shit, and That's then having not a horrible necessarily. What that means? I'm, just, I'm thinking like Shakespearean version, you know? Like, there's not that many like like um, virtuous. The sense that you mean like the you, Iliad? I'm getting the sense that you've read one thing, Hamlet, and seen one movie, Fury Road. 
What about that's, what about that's the Iliad? That's what my, that's what my it, sense of John Paul is. Isn't is. isn't the Iliad in, in like Homer well, Hercules tragedies? Like those are epics. I that's yeah. not that's that's all that's Homer. Yeah, yeah, a whole different thing. But like like Shakespeare, you know, like like the reason I go back to it is just that he's he's kind of the OG, right? Like of of Western media or whatever, like entertainment, you know, like, like story. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and in his non-comedic i mean basically everything i there, there's i don't i'm trying to think of well, like like think about this so like to kill in, a mockingbird in, in shakespeare. Is, so to kill a mockingbird could be considered a tragedy yes i forget the end of that so remember when tim tim johnson got shot that was i laughed so hard when i saw that <laughs> well tom dies in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and Ooh. You know, I, don't, like, I guess I don't remember this movie very well. Tim, Tim Johnson was actually a foreshadowing of that happening. The dog, right? The dog, yeah. The dog yeah. was rabid, and he was in the thing, and Atticus goes out, and he's like, blam! And I yeah. guarantee there's sort of like stage right where they had like ropes on that dog's legs because that yeah. dog the reason goes, I bring up and like flips upside down. It was great. The, the reason I bring up Hamlet and stuff is like because it's relevant to Taxi Driver because both are follow a character on a descent into madness in a tragic story. Okay, that's I feel like that's the maybe the parallel there, and and the reason I bring it up is just that it's it's considered super influential on art and the, the form and everything, and it's like it's like I I think you'd have a hard time going like man if it wasn't for Hamlet we wouldn't have like we wouldn't have had Taxi Driver and therefore we wouldn't have had this this attempted assassination on Reagan and so I wish they hadn't made Hamlet because it wasn't very responsible. Yeah, I guess but, I just don't think that Hamlet is analogous to Travis Bickle. I mean, it's not a, it's it's a story about a non-virtuous protagonist, it, right? And I think the thing about virtue and stuff is that it's 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 pure myth. It's cartoonish to have virtuous characters. So, like, I, I appreciate movies that are a little bit less, like you know, have more nuance that that aren't necessarily. Like, I like movies that are have a dark outcome that aren't just like everything works out in the end. You know, I like that. It appeals to me. I don't know. Like I'm yeah, like, Fury I, Road. again. <laughs> Fury Road we'll never, has a happy We'll never get away from that story. It ever. doesn't have a dark ending. This, this will be. This is going to just get it has a happy ending. Fury Road. Right. It That's has a Fury happy ending. Now. Not everything I watch has to have a dark ending. I'm just saying they, that movies that do that can't appeal to me. You know. Well, then you know, stop trying to get me to like you know agree with everything that you say when you don't have a consistent viewpoint on this anyways well i'm not trying to get you to agree with everything i say i just don't agree with your you 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 feel like like taxi driver got reagan assassinated or attempted shot yes favorite president i think i I think I, i think i can stand behind saying that but but i would just say that that crazy nut job who got obsessed with jody foster is the one who shot reagan yeah and he's making records now but do you think that he would have done that if Taxi Driver didn't exist? I think that no. And so this is this is it why even, well, who it knows? Wouldn't even been on his radar. Yeah, but he was he was a, a deeply flawed, troubled person who might have done any number of things. Got he might have gotten obsessed with. I mean, look, yeah, he might have done some other. Yeah, he might have done some other violent act. That is absolutely yeah. true. He might have. He would have found another outlet for his like fucked upness. And this is but why I, I'm not talking about like curing his mental illness 
or like preventing his mental illness. Am I. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm, I'm talking community. about like this event happened as a result of Taxi Driver. Right. And this taxi is driver exists, I... therefore this shooting happened. If you deny that like sequence of events, you're you're completely I, I absolutely I absolutely deny the causal connection. And like like, you know, because How, how can you no, deny I, that? We're retreading, okay? Because I I already pointed out that that there's plenty of toxic like shit that goes on no how can you deny of how can you deny this too? sequence of events i don't understand the, the shooting of reagan by john hinckley jr was caused by his obsession with taxi driver the the um the responsibility lies solely at the feet of john hinckley jr and essentially, society would just 100% back me up on this. The, the reason it, it, the evidence of the, that is the shooting is would never jail. have happened without Taxi Driver. Well, that I, it's 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 non-causal, though. It's it's like that just is a coincidence of like the perfect intersection of this guy's fevered mind and some piece of media that he lashed onto. He could have gotten obsessed with, um, you know, Psycho. Or some other movie, you know, or like whatever. Like, like it doesn't really. You can't lay the responsibility at the feet of the, this work of art, you know. And the, the the evidence for this is just so clear to me. Like, like society has decided this a long time ago. Like, it's not even up for debate. It's just kind of like, like I don't understand how you can deny this cause and effect. Like they hap one happened because of because the other. People, like clearly, one happened because of the other. People are responsible for their own actions, and and just because you make a work of fiction, you can't be responsible for what like people do as a result of it. But if he would have done a, if he had never seen it, right, and done a different violent action, that violent action would have had a different cause. Well. I think you're you're saying that the cause was this movie, but the cause was the guy's like like fucked up brain. Like I didn't go assassinate Reagan after I saw Taxi Driver. Yeah, of course, not every and like millions so that, of people saw Taxi Driver, and and like they all didn't go assassinate Reagan. Um, but I'm saying, oh god. So, so I mean, mind. like, and and the thing is, the I, thing I, is I, never mind. We're, we're never going to get over this. I'm I'm done. Well, <laughs> you, I'm you, just you done. Just, like I'm just you done. Done. The semantics you, you can't you can't accept like you can't accept <laughs> a single like cause and effect here. Like there, yeah, I absolutely sense. do not accept that there's a cause and effect by any means. And the thing is, this is why I brought up the example of like virtuous movies that people get obsessed with and do toxic things. Do you do you then blame the virtuous movie that is responsible for all the toxic things that people do as a result of getting obsessed with that? I mean, if they were like doing it because of it, yeah. But if they're doing it because they're ex like obsessed with a person or something, then no. But like this guy, what's the difference? The difference is not. The difference is because like one's the, a playbook and one's not a playbook. The difference is because the story that was portrayed in the movie became part of his like violent fantasy. His playbook. Right. It was it was a means that he justified by watching this movie. He it's was not like, oh, I'm going to do that. Why wouldn't that be a playbook? It wasn't that he was like, I'm going to go do I'm going to go 
try to assassinate a president because I'm obsessed with Jodie Foster, it was, oh, in this movie that I'm obsessed with, this guy goes and tries to shoot a presidential candidate. That's the I way. Mean, he doesn't, that's the way he to get shoot Jodie Foster's head. like attention. Actually, he doesn't shoot the candidate in the movie. Okay. So, therefore, you're wrong. I mean, the, okay. that's the thing. It's like it's like it's it's not. It, you want it. You want your example to be as so literal that my analogy doesn't fit it, but you're not willing to like be literal enough to cross the other side of that line. Like my analogy is perfect for this. People, there's plenty of virtuous movies, and I don't have examples. I get, I guarantee we can find them because it's human nature. In it's in in humanity, this exists. Toxic expressions of violence of some kind or whatever. The Joker. And there's pl- there's plenty of virtuous movies that would pass your bar of like what's okay. That we could go find examples of people getting obsessed with and acting out some part of it in a way that's toxic to society. So if that's true, and I, I assert that it is, that means that you you can't blame the non-virtuous movie for the same thing. Because it's just an aspect of, of unwell people that, that is a, a statistical existence in, in, you know, the sea of humanity that exists. And people don't need media to go do heinous things either, you know? Okay. And that's how you win an argument. You just wear them down. <laughs> you just wear them down until they give up. All right, Keith, I, I think there was another correction you wanted to make. Um, did I? No, I don't oh, know. I just I wanted to clarify that, like, related to this, we talked about um, the guy that shot up the movie theater. Like when yeah. we were talking about Joker, he so he dyed his hair like red, and you know the news reports were sort of that he was like acting out oh, the Joker, Joker or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like you know this this was for Dark Knight Rises. This wasn't even for Joker. Um, right. Right. But yeah, right. like I just you know I felt like those are two things that we should strive for some sort of um, accountability on the facts, <laughs> um, you know, and historical you know relevance. So there you go. Addendums. Yeah, but I guess if we were to go down that path too, then I think that there's a responsibility where Marvel has Mar- Marvel has every resource available to them to change the narrative of Punisher so that police stop putting it on their fucking stickers on their cars. Well, they did. They killed the character. They did, but they they could have changed the story kept the character well, to belittle the police who have been using this as a vigilante. I guess. I mean, I mean I, like they, I, their response, their response to it was to essentially discontinue the character. Right. But that I means just shutting the that character why they down did that? still sensationalizes the story. Like this is, this is the problem that I brought up before is I, and I, I did not read this book, but I listened to the author on a podcast. So I feel like I know what the essence of the story is, but the bronze myth is a, is a perfect example of that is that, if you go to any weight room or if you look at any police officer, they have a Spartan tattoo on their shoulder or, or calf muscle or something like that. And the whole theory any? is like every single one, every single one of them. 
I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, it's like it's 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 used. It's used to symbolize strength. That's why Spartans are like, you know, there's the helmet that you see on the back of pickup trucks where it's got the thin blue line on it and stuff. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The Spartans, the Spartans, that story was completely made up. It did not happen. That's not how it happened. There were not 300 guys stuck on an island who defeated the Persians. That's not how it happened at all. They were actually like 1300 and they were super weak and frail and they, they starved. And it was like, it was not what people think it is. So when you go to Michigan and see the Spartans, you just point and laugh and say, you guys are, you guys made that story up. It's not, well, I mean, the Spartans existed, right? They did, but they were not, they were not the warriors that, that they were portrayed. That, that, that myth, I believe the, the etymology of that myth was, it, it originated from, from a French writer who was trying to tell the story in a way that it was sensationalized. They're not. But like sure. I said, I'll, I'll get the story half right because I didn't read the book. So, But there's a book called The Bronze Myth, and it's all about, or they call it The Spartan Myth, is that these this, this whole symbolism of warriors. And then obviously, you know, Frank Miller took it to a next level and, and wrote 300 and talked about these, you know, 300 guys that were complete brutal, you know, beasts. They were not. Another garbage movie, by the way. Yeah, no, a total garbage movie, and I'm not going to get into it because I, you know, but but like you, you go like I said, you go to any gym, oh, you'll see it on a calf muscle garbage, somewhere. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. Although, his, his... what is it, Keith? What do you think? Frank Miller's garbage, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked I liked uh, some of his Batman stories though. Those are, those are fun. Dark Knight Returns is awful. Diff- different. Oh, guy, really? Right? Okay. I like it. I mean, Dark Knight. Wait, aren't you talking about the comic artist now? Yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah, Frank Miller. He wrote he, 300. He directed 300 and made the comic. No. No, he, no, 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 no. Zack Snyder directed 300, but mm. that it's is adapted, adapted uh, from a graphic okay. novel that Frank Miller made. Right, uh, right. Okay. Right, right. Okay. I thought it was bad. Okay. Well, it was uh, another good episode. Was it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's gold in here. Anyways, all right. Hey, you've been listening to the Semantics Department. I'm Dan. Hey, Pete. I'm Keith. 